This podcast is brought to you by Harry's. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com. Go there and enter promo code BALDMOVE in all caps at checkout for $5 off your first order. Start shaving smarter today. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 1, titled First Time Again. Uh, I'm torn. I'm torn on this episode, man. I, I mean, really am. I mean. What do you think of it? it? It is like the first time again. It's like, you know, you have a girlfriend and, and, and you love her and you break up with her for stupid reasons and then you go see another girl and she's terrible. The worst. She's yeah. the worst. Just slapping her son. She's she's doing heroin. She's just yep. uh, just a mess of her life. And then you find you go back to the original love, and it's like, oh, why, why, why did I ever say anything unkind about you? Even if the original love wasn't that good to begin with, I'm not saying it's but healthy. now you have a better appreciation <laughs> for it. Right? I'm not saying it's a healthy relationship. I'm just saying exactly how I feel. Like, yeah. oh, I just want to kiss kiss Rick on both his cheeks. Sure, sure. The the much better characters. Uh, character realization in this show. Oh, yeah. As opposed to uh, Fear of the Walking Dead, which we just came off of. Plus, even if it wasn't, there's a lot you can you can wallpaper over with thousands of zombies peeling their own skin off as they're trying to get past semi-tractor trailers. Yeah, and I felt like that's what that was. Uh, I, I honestly, like, looking back at it, we'll probably talk in detail about this as we go through the episode, but it feels like that whole plot... The idea of, oh, this herd of walkers is in this quarry was there to establish how a herd of walkers could form in this area and just kind of get them out and about and roaming so that when the alarm goes off, which is the thing they really wanted to do, mm-hmm. is get this herd to Alexandria. Th- the plan that they came up with was nothing more than a get the herd on the move huh, interesting. so that we can get them to Alexandria. I think eventually because it's a very bad plan, top to bottom. Okay, um, uh, ill-conceived. Okay, we will probably talk more about that. I'm, um, man, I don't know what the you, you so threw me from that from that take. I, we we switch seats. I feel like uh, I, you're, I'm normally you're, the one who's saying, "Well, you know, there are some cool things." Yeah, yeah. no, and trust me, I've been looking forward to this herd for a long time, and it was awesome. It but it wasn't as awesome, awesome as you thought it would be. It wasn't used as I, well as it could have been. Yes, yes. Now I exact. Now I know how you feel. Yeah. Or you should know how I feel because yeah, that's. I think um, my biggest problem with the show is I get up into my head how certain things in the comics are going to translate to screen. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's so cool. And then you know, and some <laughs> of that stuff could be valid, like translating a concept from. A book to a to or a comic book, for example, to a TV show is you know sometimes you got to make sacrifices. You can't, mm-hmm. uh, y- you know, you can't one hundred percent translate it because a TV show is not a book, is not a movie, is not a graphic yeah. novel. But still, you know, some places do better. I think everyone's thresholds. Like there's there's nerds out there who hate the Lord of the Ring movie series, and I'm like, wow, I don't know how you could actually make a real world version of Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings 
that's not like a 10 season HBO miniseries. Sure. Uh, with each season having as big a budget as the movies, I don't see how you can make it better. But there, you know, it's a bit, so I guess it's it's how uncompromising you are in your fandom. But for me, I'm a casual zombie fan. Uh, I thought, while yes, some of the 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 plot points were creaky. The idea that, like you said, what they really want to do is get a massive herd run and run it through Alexandria. Yeah, I was shocked to hear you say that because I actually think that herd management. Is got to be a skill that you acquire in this world, <laughs> or you'll never have a fixed point. Because any, yeah. I, I'm trying to think of what kind of fixed defense system a post-apocalyptic society could could build that would defend you from a ten thousand strong walker herd. Sure. Um, uh, even if you could yeah, defend they, against it, it would essentially leave you permanently island in a sea of the dead. Oh, yeah. which is its own problem as well. Because eventually you got to eat and get fresh water and all those things. Yeah. So. No, it seems like this is their learning opportunity, right? Like assuming they that anybody survives this this thing and the show survives this big herd, which I assume it will. Uh the people who are left over are going to now have some experience with that whereas before they didn't really, right? Yeah. First time Daryl and his group ran into a herd, they just ran. Yeah. They were like, "Oh shit." <laughs> sure. And and when they ran into it the second time, they turned back. Yep. They didn't even bother with it. So, now they've got to learn. It's interesting because there's this concept that there's maybe two herds out there now. Or there's okay. more than one giant herd. Like, you know, we talked about this as one way a herd can form, but we also on the way to Alexandria found a pretty massive herd that Abraham wanted to drive through. I think what you're alluding to. Yeah. But do you think that this herd can actually threaten the physical integrity of Alexandria? It does have the cold rolled steel. I, it seems like it. It is bright. In the, and as structural engineers have said, the outside walls, while foolish from a keeping bad guys out, mm-hmm. uh, it does seem like it'd be this thing to do to, to resist potentially thousands of walkers pushing on it. Yeah. So I'm like, I wonder, assuming they can't stop this, and I don't know how they can. Mm-hmm. Like, will it be a case of the walls getting knocked down and, like, it's kind of like a flood event where you just kind of have to hide and get the high ground and wait for this thing to, to walk itself through? Or is it going to be, like I mentioned, a, a siege event where you've just got these walkers are drawn to the sound and the smell and the occasional, you know, whatever. It might be both. It might be where, well, okay. And, so and, it, and that they're just trapped in here and we're going to essentially get, like, a Gilligan's Isle type of experience i could see it starting off as like a siege event that quickly uh escalates into a flood like oh here come thousands of walkers how are we going to keep them from destroying our walls yeah uh let's try this this and this oh none of those worked and here they come through the walls now it's the flood right it reminds like, me there's there's a very old macgyver episode where he tries to save a village from fi- from army ants Okay. Oh yes, <laughs> it's uh-huh. like such a small scale thing. Uh-huh. Like okay, army ants, but like they treat the and I don't know if this is a fact. I don't know if army ants can literally just in swarm and carry off a human settlement. Uh-huh. But they present it as fact, and it was I. It really sticks out as like one of the more badass episodes of MacGyver. So now you scale those thousands of tiny ants will eat you alive up to zombies, and now you got something. Yeah, you need you need a, oh, and guess what? We have a man with a mullet. Inside the walls. <laughs> we do. This could be a straight do. up MacGyver homage. And he knows a thing or two about <laughs> a thing or two. So, uh, Indeed. Or at least he says he does. He's like cosplaying MacGyver at all times. Like, so, and that's, that's, <laughs> he respects that's the, the hair game. He respects he really the hair does. game. Sure he does. Uh, all right. Why don't we start off with the recap? Yeah. Yes. Let's do this. Uh, we open and I will say that 
I was not sure what was going on when this thing first started. I wish we had do it, had done a live watch because yeah. it just really throws you in the deep end. Uh, mm-hmm. Rick's outlining this kind of insane plan in an insane world, and you just see these thousands of walkers, this restless sea and this quarry with the yeah. semi-tractor gates that are, are keeping them out. And just as he's kind of walking through the plan, one of the semis collapses and all hell breaks loose. And he's like, we got to go. And there's, you know, the the manby-pamby Alexander type saying, we can't. This is just supposed to be a dry run. Uh, but too bad. Uh, we also yeah. see the Dickless is there by Glenn's side, eager and ready to help. Like, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of what the fuck moments at the beginning of this. Yeah. And but then, they, they wasted no time getting this heard, right? There's no. a single shot. There's There's Rick firing the gun. Which yep. just sets up, okay, here's here's the difference between flashback and current day, yeah. right? Like, it takes that moment that was current and firmly sets it in the flashback, which I liked. Uh, this was this episode is written and directed, was well, is directed by Nicotero, Greg mm-hmm. Nicotero, the genius zombie special effects guy, mm-hmm. um, and also written by Scott Gimple, the showrunner. So he had the dream team running, and I felt like Nicotero was as restless about the lack of zombies and fear of the walking dead as we were because I felt like he was really pent up and he just came back just blow exploded all over the screen like right up yeah. front that 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 walker peeling himself out of his own skin yeah that's pretty gross <laughs> it, awesomely so though uh-huh. and this was oh, a, yeah. a tour de force of of gross zombies yeah uh this whole episode like it's going to get repetitive and annoying me calling them out but like I just I really miss gross zombies i do not like freshly killed zombies yeah these are a scarier and b um more visually interesting i guess yeah i mean like i don't even know if you're scary is coming stuff. into it at this point for me it's more like just the visual interest like they're scary yeah. in the same way that like a uh, um so a hard rock now. album cover from the 80s was scary like there's skulls <laughs> like and red cages album. and there's spikes uh-huh. going through a skeleton that's screaming and his eyes are bleeding. But it's more like, oh, cool, look at the detail in the veins that they draw. More than, <laughs> oh, I can't sleep tonight. Yeah, that's a good comparison. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. I'm getting, yes, I'm getting a little jaded. jaded. Okay. But that's the, the good first step. Yeah, that's, that, that shows a progress in your horror uh, like curriculum. like before, I just saw this horrifying mess, and now I see the subtleties that, in each, there you each go. zombies. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, my reaction in the opening was like, what the fuck? Like it has been in countless Walking Dead episodes, mm. but it was a this is awesome kind of what the fuck rather than, oh, Jesus, what are they doing now? Yeah, like how do the trucks get like this? Sure. What are all these zombies doing down here? And I was interested in the possibilities. Like is this like if, if you know, that tractor trailer facility last season with mm-hmm. all the walker, if, if that's the equivalent of a wolf a wolves uh ied is this okay. like their thermonuclear bomb yeah like in case of loss of control rig this thing up and unleash it on the your rival town or whoever's and i mean there's a lot of big ideas i don't think I, I i still don't know which one of them is correct or mm-hmm. um well we find out in this episode that it's not it doesn't seem like it's a wolves thing it seems like it's a attempt at a like an alexander type settlement that they didn't understand gravity and how zombies interact with gravity. <laughs> yeah. When, when they were designing their, their, their walls, uh, we have, then we go into black and white 
And I, and honestly, I started. What, what did you think about the black and white versus color? Because at first, I rolled my eyes and like, oh man, this show is trying to punch way above its weight and be artsy fartsy. But then I'm like, no, this actually is a necessary practicality. I think so. It would have gotten very confusing very quickly if they didn't have that. And then by the time you you're done rolling your eyes, mm-hmm. you stop noticing it. Yes. As as far as like. Oh, here they're doing this thing again. You still notice it that it yes. sets sets where they are, what time period they're in. Yes. But I thought it was effective. And, no, I and did too. It's really like well. one of those things like we a lot of times give this show shit for trying really high concept stuff that just does not pan out because of execution problems and writing problems. Yeah. Do you think that they've played themselves into shape? Like they reported so. the training camp with a beer gut mm-hmm. and they're stumbling, fumbling, but they're out there moving around. They're doing stuff. They're sweating yeah. and they've accidentally wound up with a six pack, like <laughs> doing I, enough reps so. of amateur level student filmmaking has made them into as competent. Well, we weren't happy last season with the time jumps, right? I think it was the first half of last season. No, we we're dealing with Terminus and Slap Town and all that stupid stuff. Sure. Uh Terminus was not stupid. I, the stupid stuff was slapped down. Slapped down. Uh, so, so we didn't like that at all. But I feel like this one really worked in a Tarantino sort of way. And and I again, I think it might be just that they are they've done it enough that they're getting good at it, or also that my expectations are you know. But, but either way, like <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm biased. Obviously, I don't think I'm insane, but I I don't think I'm crazy. But I thought this was good. I thought so, too. And I was trying to think, like, well, would it have been more effective if they told the story just chronologically? Certainly not. We would have been going, this is your plan. What the fuck are you talking about, Rick? It did hide a lot of the flaws of the plan and make it seem like it's a fate, you know, just just something that you got to accept. And and you don't know enough about it to accept it. You don't know know enough to call bullshit at the beginning. Also, I thought, I... Man, it sold the Nicholas Glenn thing really well. Surprisingly well. Like, I would have think I'd have been resisting and fighting that and calling bullshit the whole way had they not done it in that method. And because they did, you're right, it made the Walker herd management line less ridiculous, or plot less ridiculous, and it made some of these character turns more believable. Mm -hmm. So, bravo. it served to punctuate... The episode, the, you know, it gave a more natural rhythm to the episode, I felt, than yeah. just, like, slow moments with Morgan, slow sure. moments with Maggie and Glenn sure. in the town. You're right. It it split all that up, and it made it kind of the whole episode felt more urgent. You got a spoonful more. of sugar with each, each spoonful of medicine. Although, yeah. I will say that you're not wrong, but I also think that the slower medicine-y parts were automatically more interesting because it was about Rick and Morgan, and Maggie, and Michonne, and Abraham. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like <laughs> Beth. Uh-huh. Like, like a, if he showed up and tried to carry the episode, I'd be like, who the fuck is this yeah, guy? Yeah, we need some introduction. I respect your hair game as much as the next guy, but the fuck, you know? Yeah, so we'd spent some time introducing them, too, and it never felt like the episode was dragging on at all. Yeah, or if Noah had lived, if, you know, like, again, I did not like Noah, Yeah, but Noah trying to carry an episode is kind of re- would be kind of ridiculous, so... Mm-hmm. You care, you know, slower moving character dramas that make sense and actually have characters like, you know, Morgan and Rick. I've been on I've been wanting to see this for like two seasons now. Mm -hmm. And like I was expecting some real groaners about 
you know, a guy like Morgan who's been through some shit and is, was was like almost clinically insane, and somehow Rick managed to bring him back from the brink for him to come and be all coming at holy and preachy. Yeah. It didn't happen. Like, no, it was all kind of realistic. This is how I expect these men to kind of act. Yeah. Not to say it was predictable or boring, but it's like, oh, yeah, I totally can see this coming about. Yeah, it set up this kind of uh, duality between Morgan and Rick where they're both men who've seen a lot of shit and they both kind of come back from the brink on occasion. Rick is is trending more toward the dominant aggressive and Morgan is trending more toward like the understanding and not passive, but a little more uh, docile, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think there might still be a butting of heads, but it, it was less ham-fisted than it definitely could. Yeah, have been. a lot more nuanced. Yeah. Uh, so we have this black and white sequence we talked about, and it immediately grounds us that this is right in the immediate aftermath of the red shooting. Mm-hmm. Um, when, and I think that the voiceover in, in the completely black intro sequence was also that night as well. So even before we got okay. the first black and white scene, they kind of geared us up for a topsy-turvy time situation. Mm-hmm. But the key points are Diana tells Gabriel that he's wrong with no small amount of disapproval in her face and uh, in her voice. Uh, Abraham is continuing to drink more than what's probably good for him. Uh, <laughs> and he pours some out for Reg. Uh, of the late cold rolled steel. Yeah. Jesse's kind of cradling her youngest son, but her eldest Ron, uh, wearing the douchey skull cap is pissed. Mm-hmm. Is generically enraged as a teenager. Uh, Tara's recovering from her raid wounds that they went to go get those power inverters or, you know, from the Tashi station. Uh, Dickless yep. and Glenn come in from their scuffle. Cause you know, we, we know what happened last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Glenn tries, lies and covers for him. Eugene weirdly emotes happiness about Tara. Um, and it I would, didn't think it was that weird. They started bonding last but season. But I'm saying is like the, his... Oh, his... The way he did it manner. was strange. Yes, yes okay. Yes, yes. No, no, I totally that he did. buy that they have a relationship yeah. now. And I like their relationship, but Eugene's still a weirdo. <laughs> I like uh, the thank God nothing happened to your hairline. <laughs> they just, they have that kind of relationship. It's, it's yeah. funny. Yeah, and they reiterate that we lost Noah. And in in yeah. the way that they so often do, we feel like Noah was a bigger, more important, more endearing, well-liked part of the group than he actually was in the series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, one of these days, I kind of would like to see them react completely nonchalantly to a guy like Noah who joins their group. But he's only there for a couple. It's kind of like how you – you remember that Band of Brothers episode, The Replacements? Uh no. It's like when you know you've got the company that's been fighting together from the beginning and but then c- yeah. guys get killed and then dudes get shipped in and they haven't been through the horrors of war and it's like you just see them kind of differently and if they die maybe it doesn't mean as much as the guy who went through training camp sure. with. That makes sense. I'd like to see a little bit of that instead yeah. of them trying to make each death impactful. Yeah. Uh can I talk about Gabriel real quick? Absolutely can talk about Gabriel. He agrees that he was wrong here. Good. Does it, why does he agree that he was wrong? Is it literally just because Pete was the worst guy than Rick? Like they didn't do anything. To, I don't know. I was. I never really thought of it. I mean, my first thought is, well, Gabriel's a chicken shit, and uh, I don't think he would have the moral fiber to tell a woman who just got her husband killed. By, maybe that's part of it too. Yeah, there, he's a little bit of a coward, so there's that. But I, mm. I don't know what he actually believes. Because I also kind of feel like later okay. on when he was trying to bury Pete, 
and Rick came up to he he and you know the whoever the Carhartt wearing gentleman standing beside him, uh-huh. they disapproved of Rick's right. So I, it's like one of those things where you know we've talked about this a few times on a podcast where you can have bad processes sometimes leading to good results, mm-hmm. and you can have good processes sometimes leading bad results. And the wisdom is to see when you have a good process that failed, but it's actually better than the bad process that through dumb fuck luck succeeded. And I don't know that Gabriel doesn't think that Rick is still a lunatic, mm-hmm. but he happened to be right in this one instance and an easy instrument of justice for That's a kind of how I felt because also yeah. Diane is not exactly rational from this no. point forward. I mean, I, I don't know that in that moment, if it was someone else who got killed, she would have said, yeah, go ahead and kill Pete. Uh, yes. I think if, if it was anyone but red, she might have kept the peace there. Right. I think you I I'm so, not so sure that I don't think you're not right. <laughs> so I don't know exactly how Gabriel feels. If he's just kind of nodding along to a woman who would likely get up and slap the shit out of him if he yeah. said something else. Yeah. You don't cross Janeway. No. Uh so Carl's also making time with the runaway that he shared a trunk with miserably or not miserably, uh, also, memorably last season. Also, weren't we discussing last season whether or not Glenn got bit maybe in this this wood scene with uh, where Dickless six the walkers on him. I don't know. I don't think I seriously contemplated okay. him. I think now that can be laid to rest. Yes. If there was any question, I don't think Glenn is bit. I uh, agreed. He okay. looks he- healthy as a horse yeah. and planning for the future in a way that I don't think he would be if he got himself bit. Yeah. Um. She he holds her hand and she kind of returns it. So there is definitely something there. And Ron oversees them. And what did? Maybe a little jealousy? Yeah, I think so. That this new so guy I, was able to crack the... Well, I don't even know what this girl's name is, but the... Enid. Enid? Was yeah. able to crack the Enid code? God. There's one teenage girl here, damn it, and I've been making time with her and playing video games for years, and yeah. Johnny come sheriff hat lately <laughs> shows up, and it's, oh, hold hands and let's make out in the rod of tree trunk. Well, see, if Ron was as angsty now as he was... Or was as angsty then as he is now, she would have been there all over go. Him, right? He's got this stupid hat. Yeah. They both have equally stupid hats. We we, we can agree to that. But you're Certainly. right. He wasn't listening to the cure. Right. Yes. yes. <laughs> and that's what she needed. Sorry, Ron. You missed out. That's what she needed. Uh, keep that in mind, though, that little jealousy idea. Okay. Uh, so Morgan and Rick reunite. And Morgan says, you're right. You brought me back from the brink. It wasn't over. And Rick's like, yeah, well, I don't take chances anymore. So we're going to kind of sort of imprison you. Yeah. Which and it's I guess it was Morgan's idea. Later on, we find out. Oh, put me in the, the house. I think the idea, like he knew what Rick wanted to do, and yeah. he suggested a comfortable. Plus, you know, Morgan's smart, and he's like, "You're right. This is a, entirely a correct thing to do," which is why I like Morgan. Let's give me a bed, a bathtub, and a broom. You know, if this had been season three, Rick. He would have sputtered about, "I can't believe you're going to put me in this room made of drywall. This drywall prison cannot hold me." <laughs> and we'd have had this bunch of bullshit. <laughs> And it's like, no, no, this is a zombie apocalypse. Of course you're going to get in prison. Last time I saw you were barking at the moon crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I got to make sure that this this isn't on one of your up days, you know, and you're going to wear my ass for a hat. I would like later. to see someone trying to get out of the drywall prison. I imagine it wouldn't be that hard. You bust a window and you're I, out. Yeah, right? like, like you could maybe punch your way out. That's hardly a cell. I, I, but... I, do you think you could... Like I know you can punch through residential pl- plaster. I've done it sure. in a in a demolition project. And drywall, once. you can get through drywall. Sure, yeah. but I don't know. Like the outer, that's the thing. Yeah, it's probably. 
like I know a lot the of corners are plywood, and maybe but siding. Like that, everything I'm thinking that goes into a, a wall, I'm thinking, yeah, I could probably punch through that unless individually. It yeah, yeah, like vinyl siding, I could I could sure. bust that loose. Uh, the, 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 the foam core bust loose. The, the, the insulation I mean, the bust problem, loose. The problem with all of this is that the windows open from the inside. So, <laughs> but then they, I thought that, that he was in like a featureless room, like it, the obvious weak points. Were, oh, well then you, all you have is drywall and maybe some insulation to contend with. Unless the out exterior is brick. If you hit brick, you're fucked. But if you can get out of that room, you can get to a window. Oh, so point. in the interior wall you punch yeah, through. Yeah. yeah no, that's, that's, that you're seems not wrong. pretty easy to do. Because it's like, I, I've seen like... Especially given a broom handle, right? You yeah. You can punch through drywall, no problem sure. with that. I, I think, that, but I, I also know I've seen like interior, like safe room, residential safe room construction oh, that has yeah. like... Jody Foster style. Well, not just that, but like <laughs> if you got a gun safe or just a walk-in safe. I've, you know, some, you're some crazy people. Sure. We've both been reasonably up on prepper culture because we think it's fascinating mm-hmm. but yeah you can you can secure a whole room and like you, there's a couple of different levels like steel plating secure sure you can like steel mesh secure like this is not getting out of those with a broom handle you're not getting out of those and mm-hmm. you know red was a, a deft hand at the cold rolled steel and so it's were his true, disciples yeah. his, his bedroom is just a safe house i think they could have secured it if they wanted to yeah so but uh anyway who knows uh, Abraham continues to get slammered, and he's trying to balance his wedding ring on his bottle. And then Sasha shows up, and they throw up the deuce at each other. I don't, I don't know what this means. Literally, no clue what happened there. I thought because like this was I mentioned in the instant cast that I thought maybe they were implying that there was some kind of clandestine relationship between them, and and that this was some kind of code for. But now that I've seen the episode several times, like no, it just this this doesn't make any sense. Maybe I, I feel like it, we're supposed to know what it means later, but maybe I still don't just, know. Um, Abraham being drunk and knowing he's kind of a square rigged military doofus was throwing up the ironic like peace uh-huh. as a kind of a crass way. To appeal to her as a black woman? She does just kind of stare at it and for a she while. Does, yeah. And then of, re- almost reluctantly goes, okay. Kind of like if, you know, like, I don't know. I suppose, I don't, I, I've seen that, like, where people will somewhat tolerate a overly familiar thing if they kind of like the person or it's like a cohort. It's like, okay, whatever. Jesus. You know. Well, it's like if, it's like, what's her face's boyfriend coming up to Mr. Robot? Yeah. And trying to have a conversation. Yeah. It clearly doesn't want that. Yeah. But you're doing it anyway. No it, one wants to the peace sign. No one wants your peace sign, sure. Abraham. Not from you, anyway. Yeah. I mean, Tara gets away with a lot. She gets away with murder fist, as far as... Yeah. Fist bump is the murder physical displays of, go. of gestures. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. There's, there's the deuce. I don't know what that means. Uh, then we go back to color. And there's a line of cars on both sides of the road as Rick's giving people assignments and shouting commands over CBs. Glenn apparently is leading a strike force against the tractor sales supply company uh, as Daryl's leading the herd with his motorcycle, kind of Pied Piper style. Stop me if you want to talk about something. Okay, I totally want to talk about this corridor of cars. Okay. Who installed that? Good question. How long did it, it take? Was it to lead the walkers into the quarry? Was it... No, I, it felt like this installed is, by the Alexandrians. It felt like it was something the Alexandrians oh, put Christ, up. Oh Christ, that makes this extra dumb. What? <laughs> okay, Denise T. I'm going to give you a little bit of credit because you also brought this up, but uh, I had already had it in my notes before I read the email. So 
God, you're going to destroy this episode for I, me. I, I'm sorry. I have to. So we've got a mission critical operation at this point with Sasha and Abraham, right? All right. Or yeah, Sasha and Abraham. Their car absolutely cannot break down. Otherwise, they are probably dead. Sure. And vice versa. They've got thousands of walkers following them. Yeah. You're going to give them the shittiest car? There there are 25 other cars to choose from, Mm -hmm. all of which must have keys and fuel. Mm -hmm. If not, siphon the fuel in. Yeah. You're going to give them a busted-ass 1980s Grand Vic? (laughs) What the fuck, man? I saw... 20 cars that I would have chosen over that one for a mission-critical operation. You know, I wrote in my notes, it's good to see them actually being realistic for the, with the vehicles. Gone are the days of the sponsored by Hyundai. You know, it's uh-huh. like I actually thought it was kind of – I didn't notice the sidecars looking potentially better. I guess – Oh, they look way better. I guess with knowing what I know about Abraham and Daryl, I assumed that they cannibalized the best, most reliable car. But here's the the broader question – you got a chase vehicle for the for the motorcycle, which is all well and good because if that breaks down, Daryl's double fucked. Yes, um, but you but need you two need, cars. Yes, you need two cars. Because what if the car breaks down? Yes, like I get that. Like two people Abraham are going to hop can on ride the bitch, but like Sasha's going to ride the handlebars. Can like, yeah? What the fuck? I uh... it was all to get that badass shot of Daryl coming down the road with. Yeah, two thousand no. walkers following him, and I'll, I, and that's why I'm saying like some I'll, of the I'll almost allow it. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I would have liked to see that badass of him caressing, and then the next scene we understand that there's two cars behind him. That would have made it that, perfectly that fine. That makes it, you got two cars for redundancy, and you got mm-hmm. Daryl. The, the motorcycle does have a use, and they mention it, it, that he was intended to kind of be the ranger. Like, you know, yeah. when the zombies start getting out in line, he goes, rides, falls back, and kind of entices him like the rabbit to get back. Yeah, let's pack. be clear. This was not a product of, oh, shit, we just have to go now. No. They had balloons planned. tied to yes, the car. They had course. already planned for Daryl to ride sure. his fucking bike. They had stacked these cars up, I believe, in yeah. a way to but to do early on funnel, I guess, because that those I line of cars so. weren't long. Obviously, there wasn't 20 miles of them. It no, must have been at no, the no. very beginning of the... the it was quarry. right at the gates to the quarry. Yeah, yeah. just to make sure the herd really good, which I thought... I thought that was kind of cool. That's like, okay, yeah, you got to get the herd to be cohesive and make sure it's a herd. Then once it's a herd, you can kind of jockey it like it's one giant thing. Yeah. It's like driving cattle, kind of. You don't need I mean, look, a thousand look the... cowboys to drive 10,000 cattle. You need like three or four on, a fa- on fast horses with whips and lassos yeah. and shit and pistols. And then you yeah. get it done. I I I'm I'm leaving for the possibility that maybe they didn't set that corridor up either and that this was one of the few cars they had left over after using the big cars to fortify the gate mm. or or the the deflector shield or whatever you want to call the yeah. thing that they built. Uh so maybe it's not as bad as I'm thinking but it was still real dumb. Okay. Uh shall we move forward? Yeah. Uh so Rick has Morgan in the black and white sequence confined to a spare house and a spare kind of room that's unfinished and doesn't have, uh, looks like lightings or fixtures or anything. And Rick and Daryl kind of differ on whether they think adding new people is a good idea. Yeah. And that sets up one of the tensions in the episode. As we move into color, where Sasha's saying that she's good, because Abraham's asking her in the car whether she's good or not, and she says she's good or she's trying and he's worried that she'll go buck wild with the breath impaired like she did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I thought that was horseshit when she did it last year, but at least they did something interesting with it this year. Yeah. Uh, and, bef- 
before we move too far away from the, yes, the last scene with Daryl, uh, I wanted to note that he's he's not too happy about this cage thing, or, mm. or at least he gets Morgan's plight here because he's like, bed sure. in the bath, it's still a cage, you know? Yeah. That's such a Daryl thing to say, right? Yep. It's the last thing Daryl wants. Yep, and that's the thing. is like Daryl doesn't know Morgan from Adam. Yeah. Like Carl knows the crazy Morgan, and Michonne knows the crazy Morgan, but Daryl doesn't know him ex- except for by reputation. So yeah. I thought it was kind of cool to see him stick up for the wild, unclaimed hearts among us. You know? Yeah, that's, that's who he is. So I, I don't know. I feel like that writing, that little one line from Daryl was all he needed to get some good characterization in this this moment. Uh, so yeah, Abraham's right to be worried about her, and she's saying, "Hey, I'm. This is not me being crazy. This is me living. This is what living looks like." So we're back in the black and white, and Rick is visiting Morgan in the drywall prison. Uh, he's practicing his bow staff, something he picked up, quote unquote, after from a quote unquote friend. Which yeah. maybe we'll get some more of that. Maybe not. It's an interesting. Like I wouldn't mind seeing a, a comic book, like a graphic novel of Morgan. Between the lost years, yeah, bet- <laughs> between uh, Trap Town, Trap Town Morgan, Clear Morgan, and this Morgan, yeah, and you know we get a little bit of season one callbacks about the I ask, I ask you answer. It's common courtesy, um, and Morgan, like I said, this is very nice because he just immediately gets the fact that this is part of the where he's a rational actor and he's acting entirely in the way that I would suppose that a guy like Morgan would act, yeah. Uh, Eugene, to no one's surprise, is a terrible gate guard. <laughs> oh my god! Because Heath He's goes the back worst. with a flimsy story of, "Hey, Diana showed like if you know the town, mm-hmm. if you know the town leader, uh, you can casually drop her name and say you're out on a mission for weeks that no one's ever heard of. Like this isn't mentioned. Like, hey, you'll meet Heath and his crew when he gets back. It's been weeks. Yeah. And Eugene just like, well, uh, I mean, it's it's this is dumb, like. So the, the, the I totally Eugene's agree. dumb, and I Eugene buy that he would do this. He's dumb. And also, there's a little bit of a callback here where Eugene just got his ass beat by Abraham, sure. right? And then Heath is saying, every second I stand out here just makes me want to beat your ass more. So I feel like Eugene's kind of intimidated by that. I get it, but he's between a layer of cold rolled steel. <laughs> it's true. And it's I'd true. be more afraid of Rick's boot up my ass because yeah. also, you know what just happened? Someone left the fucking gate open and a bunch of zombies came through and killed people. <laughs> That's true. So I'd be more afraid <laughs> of the the sure boot from Ab- for, you know from Rick and or Abraham, maybe both. Yeah. You get it in the, the, the front and the back uh, than I would from this guy who may or may not be a badass. And, oh, yeah, i am also got a couple of inches of cold rolled steel between me and him. Yeah. If you Good can't point. stop one mildly annoyed dude with glasses and a ponytail, mm-hmm. then this cold rolled steel is total bullshit. Yeah. It's like wet rolled bounty paper towels. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's uh, this idle threat completely makes him buckle. And Heath asks if he's missed much since he's been gone, and UJ, Eugene says to check with Diana because he's. What about Holly? What the fuck is Holly up to? I don't know. Holly abandoned Eugene, took off, and was gone for way longer than she there said. There again, be. like again, That's like shady. after. Well, I don't think it's shady. I think it's just again showing Rick's central thesis that these people are too dumb to live. You just had graphic evidence of why you keep the gate shut and why guard duty is important, and you're just going to trust it to a stranger because okay. you got a. Think what? that's what they were doing with that? I think so. Okay. Like it, it almost it seems to the real point, shady. To like me, we, we talked about this last season. Not. Almost to like I don't believe the people are this stupid. Mm-hmm. Like I get it that you've had this nice little sarlock pit trapping zombies, and 
you had a bunch of idiots leading your strike, you know, resource gathering. But come on, these, these this is just a little much, a little much. Well, Walking Dead supply of black men is replenished in this scene. It's single, yeah, just yeah. New, sh- you know, two more of them. So the new de- the the new deliveries in. <laughs> I hope they fare better than the plethora of dead ones. I, he feels like he's got staying power. I hope so. He's got a a particular look. The some may the say straight out of the comic book <laughs> that would imply he's a major character. I don't that's think it's a spoiler to say yeah, seasons. he's yeah. a character in the comic book. <laughs> no. There you go. So uh, anyway, Rick explains this whole Alexander situation to Morgan and, you know, central thesis now stated people merely living do da duddle de luck and actually surviving, which is Rick's crew. Yeah. Uh, and I love Rick's face tape because this was also right at this might even been a cover to the comics like this. It, it does look ridiculous in real life, but <laughs> sure. I totally like in a Sin City kind of ridiculous. Like yeah. I really dug it, and the black and white I thought was 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 great for that too. Mm-hmm. Made it felt very graphic novel. Felt a lot like the comic book. So they find Gabriel and some other uh, schmuck digging graves, and Rick says, "Hey, you don't need two holes because we don't bury killers." And they start to give him some shit about it, and then Diana backs him up because of course she would. And again, the question is, would she do this if it was anybody but but Reg? Cold rolled ridge. Cold, uh, <laughs> cold rolled coffin. Yeah, they, that'd be funny if they rolled him up, literally. <laughs> he loved his cold rolled steel. Uh, so a few things I like about this scene. Um, well, also that Ron is observing all this. The fact that yes. they're, the town wants to bury his dad, and these upstarts want to not bury his dad. Yeah. Uh, I, I like... <laughs> I don't know what would have happened here if Deanna wasn't lurking around. And didn't jut in when she did. But you can see when he's like, it's not your decision. Rick kind of just gives him the, like, I, do this again. Wow, I just I'm shot about a to dude. beat you down. Yeah. I, I beat a man. I shot a man. I'm going to have to tear you apart, apparently. Yeah. Screaming. I'd, there might have been some violence there if Deanna wasn't there uh, lurking. But then and again, th- that, I don't know. Depends on who you think Rick is because. Yeah. You could also. It's also fair I mean, to he's say he's threatening Ron, like saying, "Don't make this hard. You're coming back with us." Like he's going to beat this kid and take him back to the oh, town. Oh, yeah, no, he okay. I, yeah, he could totally beat the piss out of Father Gabriel and or this other guy. Yeah, sure. I don't think he'd kill him though. No, 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 no. Okay, not kill. Uh, also, he's like bat. He's like he's ba- very Batman in that way. <laughs> yeah. Until he needs to kill, and then yeah. he does. Uh, also, the plants in this show are brutal. I mean, from look at the flowers to let the trees have him. I mean, <laughs> there's so much here happening in the forest that... Yeah, M. Night Shyamalan's <laughs> trees wishes they were this deadly. Oh, yeah. Uh, take take the bodies. Take the bodies, trees. <laughs> well, and, then, I, and I like the overhead shot of the graveyard, too. Oh, yeah. As the, she's walking away, that's cool. Because that's the other thing. It, it kind of is towards Rick's point. Like, how... As easy as these people had it, how did they rack up such an impressive body count? Yeah. Like they really are like dumb. eight eight graves. Uh, I thought there. it was like a dozen, something like that. Yeah, but yeah, that's a lot. Judging by how large the community is and how many people are in it, and you know, no wonder they were so pants shittingly afraid to do raids, and they only had the the idiots. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we have you know we talked about this being a very Tarantino episode, and we get the quintessential Tarantino film from the trunk scene. Yeah, of Morgan and Rick arguing about the nature of killers and they themselves being killers, but also being put in the position of judging killers. And I don't know. I, 
not totally not not really interested in this. This is not a you know post apocalyptic concern necessarily. Being a killer or not? Like there's differences. Like I, I I don't need zombies roaming the earth to understand there's a difference between murdering and killing someone. Yeah. Like sometimes, I mean, at least I there's probably out there those that disagree, but I do believe you have to kill people sometimes. Sure. I I don't disagree with that, especially in that world. Yes. So uh, anyway, we go to color sequence and Rick and Morgan and Michonne are arguing about if this. Oh, before we leave that shot. Yes. I like how at the very end you can hear the walkers coming. Is that? No, no, that's the peanut butter one. That's this this scene. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that they're arguing about whether this flimsy RV wall will hold. And we don't yeah. know this wall and how it fits into the overall plot, but we do see it's kind of flimsy. Uh-huh. And, you know, they're, they, they, they seem like they're right to worry about it. And then Morgan interrogates her, and you think he's going to have this big philosophical discussion with her. Mm-hmm. And then he says, uh, did you steal one of my protein bars? I could have swore there was another peanut butter one there. And I had two thoughts. One, this was really funny. It took me by surprise, and like I laughed out loud because it was a perfectly in. Because I think Morgan's kind of this sly kind of humorous guy too. Yeah, yeah, dry humor. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm not so sure. And I didn't have time to rewatch it because of our travel schedule. I wanted to, and I thought I might be able to, but I, I just barely got this thing finished in time to, to podcast about it. But. I want to say that maybe there was a minor scene of Carl and Andor Michonne finding a peanut butter bar. I seem to remember that, but it could be a false memory. It could be that just like yeah, no, I, implanted an Inception sure. style, indeed thing. You got to watch this Lenny James guy; he's that good. <laughs> um, he really is. I mean, the scenes of Rick and he's and amazing. Him are just he's amazing. Uh, yeah, they're they're top notch. He, but it, it's crazy because he's also the voice of the Crucible guy from Destiny, and <laughs> oh boy, it's yeah, it's 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 really fucking with me hmm. because I hear him like on a daily his voice on a daily basis screaming about this or that, and now he's <laughs> like uh, uh, in his like he's got an actually very sophisticated sounding British accent. That's his yeah, actual yeah. speaking voice, hmm. and here like he's got everyone this, else on the show. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> including Abraham. You never would have guessed it, but. and and uh, Laura Cohen, even though yeah, she's yeah. not actually British, but yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, it's 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 funny. So we go back in black and white, and Ron is following Rick and Morgan on foot uh, on their body disposal duty. And Rick's like, "Hey, why don't we just leave him here? You know, condemned criminal style. Just throw him outside the city gates." Which I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, don't sure. waste those calories burying this asshole. Let the trees have him. Let the trees have him. <laughs> and he and Morgan says, that's not you. And I'm like, not wanting to follow an antiquated Judo, Judeo-Christian burial custom because this guy's an asshole and we've got better things to do does not make Rick a bad person. I agree. Nor does it make him a particular good one. It makes him a pragmatic person, which is something sure. that Morgan doesn't seem to have a problem with. So... This was but a little it, weak. It, uh, for for you and me, certainly. I think for culture at large, not burial is seen as a form of Ridge. respect. Yeah, yeah. But also Morgan, that's the thing is, well, I guess Morgan feels like he has got the leeway to say this to Rick because they are, it's weird because they've got this weird intimacy, even though they barely mm-hmm. know each other. They were the first ones to, yeah, like, like after Rick the shit a, went down, he was the first one Rick that Rick would be met. dead if yeah. it wasn't for Morgan. That too. 
and it's very arguable that Morgan would be dead or not recognizably human yeah. were it not for Rick. So they do have this weird intimacy, mm-hmm. but I thought it was also a little bit of, you know, some showing some temerity to actually butt into the politics of this place that you don't understand. And all you saw is Rick murder some dude that had just murdered some other dude. Maybe not have a strong opinion about what you do with their body on that first day. Maybe. Yeah. The thing I do like about this scene is how, how easy it felt, right? Like you have these two great actors who are, who are both conveying so much unspoken dialogue here uh, where you really only need these two lines, right? right. Like, I, I know what kind of person you are. Totally. Rick looks at him, says you don't, and then Lenny James gives his reactive look, and sure. that's all you need to know exactly what these guys are thinking. No, they're they're good. They're they're very good. Yeah. Uh, and they have really good chemistry together, too, which they is do, also yeah. important. Uh, so Rick hears something, and then him and Morgan find the quarry from the opening. And again, I was wondering if this wasn't like the nuclear option that the W's built at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Then... Rick hears that Ron has gotten himself almost killed by zombies and Ron's running pell-mell. Great scene, well-composited scene of Rick diving and tackling Ron right before he goes over the edge. And then a a nice, one of the most beautiful, like this is a Yosemite, a Yellowstone, this is a Monument Valley type Niagara Falls zombie waterfall. And I I love it. It's beautiful. That's beautiful. I wish it was like several thousand. I mean, I need that for a screensaver. Just an endless waterfall of zombies in that beautiful backdrop. There you go. I. What do you think of Alan Seppenwall's thesis that uh, Nicotero watched last season of Game of Thrones, got to the hard home episode, and was like, bullshit, I'm not going down <laughs> without a fight. Uh-huh. I, you, fuck you if you think you can out-zombie me. What do you think of that? Uh, hmm. Because I I I, well, I read that review in between I think my second and, and my third watches and I was like man that seems like an inescapable conclusion that's like I cannot I've got to I got to I got to compete I mean, for maybe, the zombie crown maybe I, like I'm sure hmm. now I will say that I thought the effects I'm to think were how good. I would feel I thought position. the effects were good know. enough they definitely good sold enough? yeah like I'm I'm talking about the CGI like the practical here I think it's in what. Well, I was about to say that, like, if I'm judging Hard Home versus this episode, that, that I would say practically The Walking Dead cleans Game of Thrones clock. Mm-hmm. But structurally and and with the actual CG, like the big sweeping vistas of battles, Game oh, of yeah. Thrones kicks Walking Dead's ass. And right. I don't I, – I, I heard uh, – Sepinwall made, made it seem like the Game of Thrones spends a lot more money per episode – yeah. Which kind of begs the question, why doesn't this show spend more money on its own show? But yeah, the CGI effects were kind of creaky. They never got they in the way of been. the story, but they were noticeably creaky. Yeah, everything looks better when it's done physically in this show, yeah. it seems. Like, yeah. Nicotero was so good at that. And, you know, if you're not going to spend the money to have it digitally done yeah. <laughs> right, then I don't know how... I. So it's interesting because Nicotero is also directing this episode, so he could have put in those sweeping vistas and all that oh, stuff. Oh, he did. And he did I, in as some often of as them, possible, yeah. but it's like those don't hold up as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Rick is not at all pleased with the fact that Ron is out here, 
Uh, then we're back in the color, and Daryl continues to slowly lead the walkers. And now he's finally yep. joined by Abe and Sasha in the chase car. Badass shot there. Uh, I love I, it. Again, I, I wrote my notes that I like that they're making more of an effort to show distressed and abused cars. And you're like, why are they taking this junker? So, <laughs> Or at least have two junkers, right? <laughs> Me, like, yeah. Bare definitely, minimum. <laughs> definitely need two junkers. Although I do believe Abraham could tow both vehicles by himself if needed. Like Mr. Incredible style. Probably, yeah. <laughs> and still outrun the walkers. Yes. I, I love, though, how... You just start, you know, whoo, and, and <laughs> fist pumping, and then it'd be gone. It'd be gone. Uh, like a scene from Ballers or something. <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I do really like, so... I, I don't know. Uh, this, this geography thing, like, of the road kind of curving and being this hill, mm, sure. and you can kind of see two layers of zombies here. It really gives you the impression of how densely packed yeah. this road is and how deep this thing Rolling is deep yep just the sheer number of zombies following them is awesome and really well really well i mean uh, you know they, they they had a lot of extras we talk about the cg but man they had a lot of extras yeah they i had know to. i also noticed that they seem to love to show masses of zombies from slightly behind so they could essentially have mean? people wearing shitty clothes and bad wigs, and there's your zombie. Like they oh, tried, they yeah, didn't. Yeah. There's a few where they they splurged some cash to really make up a lot of hero zombies, yeah. but there are a lot more of like crane shots over the zombies' back shoulders, you know. Sure. Which hey, you got to do what you got to do. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So back in black and white, Ron explains he wanted to know where I was, my dad was buried, and so do. You, He's, he's justified. Gotta, he's got to know that his dad was beating the shit out of his mom. Do you think he was? Because and because we know the younger kid knew about this. Do you think yeah. that he's old enough to maybe start to internalize some of that behavior by his dad? Is like this is normal? Maybe that's even hmm. the way to go. And my mom had it coming. Like, is he going to be maybe. eventually a threat in the same way that his dad was? I have a prediction to make. I think he already is a threat. Ooh, but I like think... a physical threat, or just him? He's going to do something stupid. I think he's done both. I think he's physically threatened the group by setting off that alarm at the end. I think that's I Ron. Think so I'm almost 100% sure that that's Ron, actually. I think that's, I, I am too. And then what, and then what happens? Like, that's something you need to cat, <laughs> that's something you need the death penalty for in this world, right? Jesus. And he's kind of a child, and is Rick going to be able to do Jesse it? What's Jesse going to think of that? Right? Well, you already killed my husband. Hey. Now you're going to want to kill my kid? I don't know about I this, I kind of think man. they were trying to tell us that Jesse's one of those people that are too stupid to live, too, and that Rick realized it in this episode. Maybe. Like, it's the choice that she's making, but I mean, we'll get to, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get there here in a minute. Uh, so I, I liked how they showed, like, very economically the mechanics of the zombie trap. Where it's kind of like there's gently sloping sides and, like, the sound of them are drawing and they're kind of like just slip sliding down and then they're stuck and what are they going to do? I thought that was yeah. kind of cool. Um, but he says, Hey, we, this is, this is a natural defense. It explains why Alexander's kind of been, not, uh, not touched so far, but it's also a massive problem because he correctly diagnoses that if those cliffs ever give way, it's going to just hills will be fair teeming with zombies before nightfall. So sure. Ron tries to give Rick some lip. And Rick kind of carols him. He's like, look, if you keep the way you're going, you're going to die, and it won't be quick, and it won't ever be over because you'll be a zombie. And then what are you going to do, asshole? <laughs> and the other thing is they imply that he got really handsy with him. He, 
at one point, I think, gra- grabbed his shoulder and turned him around, but it's not like he grabbed, I mean, he ta- bodily tackled him, but if he hadn't, he'd have been dead. Yeah. Like, this was fairly gl- kid glove treatment. And I he was telling so. the guy, nothing he said I thought was mean or took shots at his father or tried to make him feel bad as a person. Just like, you do not do not know how to do this. I can tell from your stupid fucking hat. <laughs> and I will teach you and you can get there, but you've got to be smarter in the meantime. And clearly he went back and told his mom a bunch yeah. of bullshit. I don't know. Maybe I'm off base here. But I thought... Yeah, I felt Rick like Jesse was, was super reasonable given the circumstances. I mean, yeah, other than threatening, you know, we can do this the easy way or the hard way sort of thing. But again, but, are, what would Jesse rather him do? Be like, yeah. you know, traipse out in the woods. I don't yeah. give a shit. You punk and then take off. Sure. Or like he sometimes like you got to take him unwillingly. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's again, not an easy decision for Rick either way. Uh, sure. Cause he, I, but he probably makes the better of the two. Uh, but uh, but I feel like Jesse yep. Jesse understood like that Rick had told Ron some stuff about survival mm-hmm. and basically said, "Hey, you can't survive out here, and I need to train you in the way of the, I need to train you in gun kata or some yeah. shit." And she was telling him in the conversation they had that this wasn't going to work because Ron doesn't respect you. Ron doesn't like you. He, as a matter of fact, hates you because of what you did to his father. Sure. So you can't be the one to tell him that because he just won't listen. It's not like – I didn't feel like she was angry at him for necessarily what he said, but she just says it's not going to work because you're who you are. You've done the things you've done. That's not – yeah, and she's not wrong. Yeah. I got more to say on it later. I keep bearing the lead, but uh, – I will say that the encounter with Ron does bring Rick around to burying Pete. Like he, I oh, think this yeah, is yeah. this is the point where he starts to go. You know what? I kind of need to win the hearts and minds of these people because I can't do it alone. Daryl, what Daryl said's getting to me. What mm-hmm. Morgan says getting to me. My own conscience is getting to me. So I, I thought that was effective storytelling. Dare I say? Yeah. Back in color, Glenn is trying to pacify the tractor location because. Rick, as he monologues over to CB, the noise could be a problem. I'm like, really? I know how fucking loud these thousand zombies are. I don't know that 12 of them behind plate glass is going to... A few hundred yards off the main drag is going to be that big of a problem. But whatever, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm mostly with you. Whatever. Maybe zombies communicate telepathically. That would actually explain a lot. It would. Uh, so, I don't know. Um I liked the, just a different level of badass between Glenn and Heath and, and Dickless here. It's like Glenn's like, it's just a dozen walkers. We'll, you know, just, just open the door a couple at a time. I'll do, I'll go to town on them. Yeah. It'll be all right. Like, this is a man. They're like four each. And he's like, no, it's actually going to be six he's each. Like, he's like, funny story, guys. I actually ripped a femur out of a zombie <laughs> that I just killed while I tied up to a chair and I stabbed the living man with it. <laughs> Turns out it's not that hard. 12 zombies, not a problem. Like they don't yeah. really know. Even like Glenn is what? Middle tier kind of badass. Yeah. He's getting up there, but when Rick yeah, says they don't know the who other they're badasses. fooling with, he like, that's what's so great. If anything, he's underselling it. Yeah. Like we could be Genghis Khan to you people. And they fended off attacks by tanks. I yes. Mean, a couple of small ass walkers. Up tank with his bare fucking hands. Like, if we wanted yeah. to rule you people like peasant serfs, we could do it and you'd thank us for it. Yeah. Oh, so it's it's interesting. 
Anyway, that's essentially Donald Trump's president presidential campaign. True. <laughs> if I wanted to own you people, yes, I could. Yes. I'm paying yeah, I will you, rule and you I'm like, paying you. Yes, I will rule you like serfs, and you will thank me for it. Uh, uh, the other thing about the scene is this: where they actually do the waterfall, or is it later? What waterfall? They bust the window and the walkers. No, in. it's not because okay. this is where they they we find the door to nowhere, which. Like what I, I've, fuck? I've seen some questionable architecture in businesses. Sometimes you're like, "Why the fuck did this ever be like this?" Because, and you find yeah. out later, well, this used to be a car dealer that then became an old Opry house that then was an unlicensed bar, and then it became an office space, and that's why there's this weird fucking trap door here. But still, sure. I don't know how you get a door over siding. If anything, it'd be the other way. <laughs> I don't around. think it's siding. I thought it was like a roll up style garage door, like you know, like you'd see at a storage facility. Was it? It, oh, it could have man. been either, but yeah, I don't see how this precise piece of architecture would have. Yeah, like maybe it, it honestly I thought it's like matter. okay, well maybe they're like riot windows, like you know, like you see in cities where you've got the windows, but you also can pull down a cage. Oh yeah, or like sure. roll down storage, you know, riot shutters. But the front windows didn't have it, and the front door didn't. So yeah, it's all or nothing with those. Yeah, yeah, it's very much a least path of least resistance. Yeah. But whatever. I don't care. Yeah. It was it was a gag that you know may not be scientifically accurate in all <laughs> in all ways. Big deal. Uh black and white. Back in black and white, Heath is explaining why they ignored the quarry camp because hey man, we saw a creepy camp and there's a bunch of walkers there, and we're like, hey, we're not gonna go back to a place where walkers and it's like again, these people are too dumb to live. All right. Uh Rick convinces the community the necessity of acting and Carol backs him up with her mousy housewife oh. disguise fully in place. I love fake Carol. Uh there's dissension in the ranks because they're like, uh gray headed lady doesn't get to speak for all of us. She's a newcomer. Mm. Distrust the casserole. <laughs> and Maggie uh tries to volunteer for guard duty because Rick is going for volunteers, but Glenn steers her away and says, Look, it's more important if you keep an eye on Diana. But she also says, yeah, that's important, and I'll do that, but that's not what this is about. Glenn's afraid for her now. Yeah. Wants to keep her safe. But yet, do you... It's interesting that Maggie... Like, I wouldn't expect that Maggie's the type of girl that would let that go without further comment. Yeah, she didn't seem to be before. What do you think's up? Uh Uh-oh, he's typing. Well... Uh, I don't want to steal the the listener's comment oh. here, so I'm going to go to our feedback section real quick. All right. Gretchen says, did you notice the sly conversation that we're talking about? Uh, tells her to stay behind, and she says, that's not the only reason. And then she says, I think Maggie's pregnant. Pregnant Maggie? You think so? I, I don't see why not. I, that's, that, would, that would definitely be an explanation for why she's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't be as cavalier about my health and or safety. Yeah, could be could be an explanation. I don't know that there's enough to say for sure, but yeah, it's kind. Of, it would be somewhat out of. There's got to be some explanation because I think we'd all agree it's somewhat out of character for Maggie Green to be like, "Sure, husband, I will meekly accept my position as the protected yeah. female." She wants to go out and kick some ass too. Sure, yeah, but if you're if you if you got you know another hitchhiker, maybe it's after seeing what happened to Beth. <laughs> to put her off the whole <laughs> adventure thing, right? I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, if you're yeah, if you're suddenly fighting for two, maybe you try to do less fighting. Indeed. Anyway, uh, so they divvy up kind of the 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 positions of what everything needs to happen, and then Dickless stands up, and he's also uh, 
one of the volunteers. And again, I mentioned there's a lot of scent, but Diana squelches it and she throws her full weight and authority behind Rick. We're back in color and we're at the RV what, wall. We, we're not going to comment on Gabriel's, uh, his offer to help. No, I, I mean, it's like, I'd like to help as well. And Rick's like, no, who else? Sure. <laughs> Just I the mean, total dismissal yeah, of Gabriel. I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I, man, where is Dar- What is Gabriel's end game? Because I can't stand I him. I don't. As a character, I have no idea. Like, he was somewhat reasonable. And I like Seth as an actor, of course. Mm-hmm. But damn. They, they, we talked about this last season, that he is so far beyond. Because he's kind of like, the Alexander people are ignorant. But he's willfully ignorant of the world. Yeah. Like, he should have seen these guys enough to know... And the characterization he made of them is so unfair and so <laughs> stupid and so craven mm-hmm. that I just don't know if I can ever get on board with him again. Yeah. Yeah, it's a problem. All right. Uh, anyway, at the color, at the, at, there's just a brief interlude of color where the walkers have made the RV wall and Rick and company are launching flares in the direction they need, they need to go. Um, we're back in black and white, and Rick is planning the zombie route via map. And there's this intersection that they need the walkers to take a left at Albuquerque instead of a right. And Eugene offers that they could use the leftover steel plate that they have on these unfinished wall segments and build kind of like a uh, a directional barricade to herd them in that direction. And it's funny. What's this guy's yeah. name? Clark? Clark? Yeah, the, the guy who gets uh, his neck bitten out. Carter. Carter. Yeah. Carter. He's face bitten. Carter gets uh, puts himself up as like a, a chief Reggie acolyte. He's like, yeah, a, he's like the, an, a cold rolled steel apprentice. Mm-hmm. And I love the judo that Rick uses on him here. Like, well, if you're so goddamn good at this steel, then you better make a, a wall that holds because this is the plan. And I'm not. Is very Apollo 13 slash the Martian whole this whole this plan's going to work. Okay, and I got no patience or time for people that's going to tell me what's wrong with it. If if you're not if you're going to tell me what's wrong with it without a solution, and shut the fuck up. So I saw that. What did you yeah. say his name was? Car- Carter. Carter. God, Carter. Uh, the Carter was very much. And you see those people in organizations like they're the worst people to work with. The people that are like, well, here's a problem. Here's a problem. Here's a problem. They're the smug problems, and they never have any solutions for stuff. But I, I feel I hate like those guys. So, <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of easy solutions for this. Okay. Uh, just that I can think of off the top of my head. Hey, Molotovs. We've seen sure. them use Molotovs yeah. before. There's Burn like, the shit out of those walkers. I thought that would, yeah. Now, that doesn't, solve, that doesn't necessarily solve your problem with the trucks falling out of the path. But you, you're no. going to take your RV and you're going to use it as a blockade anyway. Sure. Blockade the top path out at kind of an angle stack cars up behind that sure. thing and let them kind of fall to their own deaths sure off the side as they're trying to come up and make yeah. noise there and i mean there there are a myriad of ways that you could have dealt with this crowd of walkers to actually deplete like Plus this deplete their numbers is an effective safety device a zombie trap for whatever reason and exactly, it's kind of yeah. like the zombie pits that woodbury used to keep themselves only writ large yeah I'm with you. I'm. I think the answer is to do both. Like fortify the thing, make it stronger. Like Clark's Carol Cook Monger Carter, like Carter said. <laughs> 
But also, yeah, you don't have to do it all at once. But like, you know, every couple, you know, every day you go out there with the, you know, there's a surfeit of bad gasoline in this world. We've talked about it. Yes. Like every tank is full of partially gelatinized gasoline, but would make fantastic zombie burning fuel. Just spray a couple hundred of them, light them on fire. Come back next day. Just keep on doing that. And eventually the problem will take care of itself. Yeah, I, I can't. So I'm I'm picturing, you know how easy it was to knock them off the bridge, right? Yeah. Earlier? Sure. So easy. All you got to do is just make, like, direct them off the cliff. Uh-huh. And they'll just keep circling back. The ones that don't die on the fall will circle back and do it all again, right? Yeah, like have the path slowly narrow off into a very acute angle and have yeah, somebody... Have Eugene? They can't put enough have pressure Eugene on in the, the thong, wall, like shaking his shaking <laughs> exactly. his hands, exactly shaking and his waving hair. his mullet and attracting them, and they just slowly fall off. Like because so they couldn't limits. exert enough pressure on it to knock it over. These zombies are so dumb that they bash their own brains in when they hit exactly. a divider. And also, like these skulls are so soft. Just get yeah. the kids out with some fucking slingshots, man. They'd love that. Yeah, but maybe take Ron's mind off. You killing his dad with that. <laughs> <laughs> having said, there's a Rick, and there's a Rick, too. <laughs> uh, having said that, uh, again, moving herds is something you need to master in this world anyway, so. I guess so. I mean, I'm I'm giving them a little bit of leniency here it because they've never ambitious. dealt with a herd. It is, and I felt like that they've made the they've made the um Alexandriaite so stupid that you automatically dismiss their concerns, but I think there's mm-hmm. something to like maybe what do you say his name is Carter Carter yeah that I don't know why I can't you know get that but there's something to like Carter yeah like I get it I don't like guys that are all problems but there's also a, a, a something to say about a person's like no this is stupid <laughs> and I think it might be I like, like I don't know the, that unleashing kinda, them out into the world yeah, damn it you've ruined makes it for sense me. because now I see this as lowering Glenn into the well. Yeah. A large-scale version of like that. Yet yeah, that's just a solution, and maybe that's something yeah. that you bring up in brainstorming. But if you can think of ten different things mm-hmm. that are equally possible and less dangerous, then why would you leap to the Rube Goldberg device to begin with? And I feel like they, the, the writers here, or you know, everybody involved, thought, okay, we'll gloss over that by having it just happen to them. Like, oh, we don't have time to think about this anymore. Let's go. But, no, that was but that was the, the plan. plan. Like their plan was bad to begin with. Yeah, and again, I don't know. Maybe if they had is... a good plan ready to go, and they just didn't get to execute it because the trucks fell off, and here come the walkers. And there's nothing we can do. Yeah, it would be awesome. If they actually had a much larger, better plan that was going to be a much, and they were walking through that, and then the thing caved in, and Rick's like, well. Back to Pied Piper plan. We got it because this is like... Yeah. Oh, Call an audible. That's fuck you. I still like this episode. <laughs> I like the episode overall. It's just <laughs> there's a big glaring flaw that they're trying to gloss over here, and it doesn't quite get glossed over. Well, you can, can, can you get black and white it over? No. You can't even... <laughs> that doesn't even fix it. All right. Although I will say that I think that on the first watch... Doing the the jumble time does yes. a lot to to maybe they should do that all the time. You got some complicated, stupid plot. <laughs> just chop it up. Just chop it all up. Like that zombie tornado. They should have opened mm. with that last season. I wonder if there's an edit you could do of Slaptown that would make that yeah. really compelling yeah. to hold out of sequence. You, you start off with, with what with are Beth these being killed in what? color and then you see her arrive <laughs> at the hospital at black and white. And yeah. No, just there nothing. Nothing you can't make less more interesting with the memento treatment. I think you're right. Because it's not just the 
to chop that time, it's just that both timelines were going backwards and forwards to meet in the middle yeah. or at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I like that. So uh, Rick is playing the zombie. Oh, we already talked about this. Um, yeah. We talked about that. This actually RV junction. Is this the best? Like, I get it that none of these guys are Reg, but we got not uh, cold rolled steel. We got some bark rolled wood hooding, uh, holding up oh, these yeah. things. Like, this is some really slapdash shit. Seems like it. I feel like with time and effort, you should and, and digging holes and sandbags, it shouldn't have been as flimsy as it was, but that's just me. And uh, why couldn't you do that right at the quarry? Okay. Well, yeah. I'll let it go. I'll That's let it go. That's true. Like, instead of having, like, which is easier, swinging up a couple walls in place or towing slash driving hundreds of cars? Uh, hmm. And hundreds have of a, cars? Hundreds of cars is a lot of cars, I think. They had, I mean, that I intimated that that was a good long stretch of cars going on both sides of the road. Yeah, there were. Whatever. Um... I did like enjoy the limbing nature of the zombies, how they were bashing their own brains in. Like you could arguably zombie give kill the, of the week goes to goes through the, the zombies. zombies for killing them. It's about time. It's about time. Wall. Yeah, it, it's it's a, this is an important milestone for the zombie people. An idiot survivor of the week goes to Rick for coming up with this plan <laughs> as option one. <laughs> oh man! And again, I gotta say the zombie effects are just brilliant. Like yeah, they are just the zombies being trampled, the zombies bashing their own heads in. They're just just top to bottom great. And the walls buckle and flex, but they hold. Uh, so the plan seems to be working, as crazy as it is. And then we go black and white, the setup of the wall, and Rick and Jesse are sharing some significant glances over their shovels, uh, and Daryl comes up and says, hey, finding people is taking care of ourselves. Uh, but he says, hey, you know, it's, it's your call. What is there going to be a day that Daryl stands up to Rick on an important issue? Hmm. Maybe if he gets invested enough here and Rick doesn't want to do the things that Daryl thinks they should do, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe he's just like a trusted lieutenant though. Like I'm going to tell this to you and I'm going to say it's up to you, but I also know that I'll respect you less if you don't take it into consideration or argue me out of it. And I know that you respect, hmm. you know, it's like, it's one of those unspoken things, like a, a real chain of command. Yeah, it's it's Riker to his Picard. Yeah, there you go. Riker wasn't a pushover, but no, but Picard is the captain. Sure. So, uh, I feel like Daryl's starting to bond with people here, though. That pasta scene from last season got went a long way. Pasta plus motorcycle equals Daryl's undying loyalty, and now he's trying to, I think, keep like Aaron's uh, job and his job alive. Right? Like, we still need people to go out there. I mean, say what you will thing. about gay men. They know their way around a bowl of spaghetti. Apparently so. That spaghetti is so good. I'm it's... glad you didn't make a noodle pun here. That, that would not be <laughs> You know, good. I started to, and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> then I'd have to get into al dente and stiff and noodly and bindi. And it's like, that's <laughs> no. just, that's just. With just a little bit of bite. Just a if little. If you watch Leftovers sure, this week. Sure, sure. <laughs> or brittle. A little brittleness. Yeah. Brittleness. That's, 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 yeah. That that was a, a can of worms I didn't want to open. Oh, okay. I still can't get away from the noodle imagery. <laughs> Dicks, dicks and cocks. Uh, okay, what are we talking about here? Uh, Carol seems to think that the people, like, she's kind of like Daryl. She's she's starting to, she's the one that was threatening children with death last year and worse. Yep. And now she's like, I think these people will get here. But she also says, 
something to the effect I can't remember the exact word that like, hey, I, Diane is in charge, quote unquote, figurehead. But I feel good because I know you're really the one in charge. Mm, yeah. And and I thought that was also good. Like I I think these people can come along, but it doesn't matter because you're in charge and you've never done wrong by us. And this is the woman that he banished. Yeah, I feel like Rick should be spending less time yelling at people and barking commands and more time getting Deanna's head back in the game. Because if she was leading, if she was telling these people, here's what we need to do and here's why and this is a good idea, and he was executing and coming up with those plans that he fed to her, I feel like this would be a much more tolerable situation for them. Yeah, but I... Long term, I think you're right. This running roughshod and using her as a puppet is going to bite him in the ass. I'm not sure how, but that's my sense of it. But I also see where he's full. I mean, he thinks he's compromising. He thinks he's doing the best job he can. He's also, you know, for a savage, for being a savage son of a bitch, he probably is doing about the best he can do. (laughs) Maybe so. Yeah. Can you imagine how just tires I'm as a viewer? I'm like, oh, God, these guys like. It's so satisfying to see Rick snatch him up by the collar and smack him around. It just it it <laughs> I don't like this part about me, but damn, it feels good to see stupid people get their comeuppance. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's natural. Yeah. I, I It's like stress reliever. But um, I, yeah, I, I guess I could find fault with his command style, but it. It's just purely in the empirical sense of like this isn't the best way to do it. I do believe that this is exactly what Rick would do in this situation. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not squabbling over his yeah. character making silly decisions. Uh, so back in color, Glenn decides to breach the windows of the tractor supply company. Uh, and his plan is for Heath and him to take him out while Dickless is doing rear guard. And if they get overrun, oh, an alarm. Which I saw this some problems with this plan uh, in in live, but we'll we'll get there. In black and white, Maggie decides to confide to Tara they're still building the RV flimsy wall uh, that Dickless got Noah killed. And what's worse, tried to lure Glenn outside the city and murder him, but he's just too incompetent to do it. And Glenn's too much of a badass. Yeah. And Tara's, like, horrified, but but Maggie says it's Glenn's wish to spare and to teach Dickless to bring him in and perhaps have him become a real man one day to sprout a, <laughs> to sprout a penis anew. And Tara says, hey, you know, I respect that and I'll follow your their lead. Follow your lead. I, I can't help but think maybe it'll get to Eugene from Tara. The the penis? No, no. The, the well, I, uh, I've mixed my own metaphors. We scenario, talking spaghetti still? What happened with between Glenn and Dickless? Oh. And then Eugene's just going to spill Sure, because he's got yeah. no filter. No, he's so dumb. Yeah, but. With them being buddy buddy. When is it so, like, next episode's clearly going to be about the crisis. Like, I'm trying to think, like, if 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 Nicholas distinguishes himself, or at least completely doesn't embarrass himself, and it does seem like he is fin- I, I, almost fanatically loyal to Glenn at this point. Seems like it. Um, I don't know who what who that would mean something to. Because if Glenn's not willing to condemn him, if Maggie's not willing to condemn him, then who, uh, does anyone have the right? You, you, you might be Rick. right. I don't know. Maybe Rick, but like I Glenn, but if Glenn like, says no, shut yeah. up, Rick. Sit down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I'm not Daryl. I'll tell mm-hmm. you to fuck off. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That I'm not sure if that would be interesting, but I totally believe it could happen. But they're telling Tara for a reason. Like it's not just gonna go nowhere. I, I thought think. it was a good scene for Maggie and her because they talked about like you know, they had a rough, rocky beginning with them, you know, <laughs> her being on the wrong side of the fence and then that uh-huh. beheading her father. And I thought this was kind of like Okay. 
you were this guy and you were doing the things that this guy was trying to do. And look how, you know, if, if I had just said, well, you're on the wrong side of fence, you're dead. Where would we be? And yeah, so I felt like that all of Rick's group of badass is slowly coming to this conclusion. And I'd like to see it. I don't think it needs to lead anywhere, but to more self-awareness by these characters. Okay. I like that. Um, so yeah, uh, in black and white, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. In color, Glenn is executing plan tractor strike. Uh, Dickless disobeys the order to stay in the back and, and call for, go call for help to been overrun. And he actually comes to Glenn and Heath's rescue, but they shouldn't have fucking needed it. No, they had like two football fields. They could have slowly fallen back and not given up any ground. It's just, yeah. Rah, the staging. Why stay in your ground when you have an endless ocean of land? Behind they should have you. been right up against one of the walls or something. Like, I don't know why. When the guy gets the camera's like, uh, Greg, there's literally like 300 yards behind these guys. Can we get like some obstruction or a couple banged up cars or yeah, set something on fire? Something I, I, yeah, I don't know why it's, it's because uh, they shouldn't need to be rescued. No, especially Glenn. Glenn doesn't need to get in that close with walkers. He knows better. He just will keep walking back. And, but they, I, I think they needed. I don't think they needed the action, but they wanted action because they wanted Nicholas to redeem himself. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Uh, black and white. They're finishing up the RV wall. Carol's on coffee duty. Uh, Morgan smokes her out. Her cover has, has uh, Carol the mom. <laughs> she does quickly. not like that. Not one bit. Uh, Morgan's a smart guy. Yeah. Um, and smart enough to realize it to call her on it but also to not like hey everybody carol's a badass you know <laughs> yeah. um i thought it did the, the dance between that and her her housewife act is the best mm-hmm. this was funny it was also something that showed that morgan is is as impressive as we suspect he is yeah yeah it's good yeah it's and good. they they really couldn't have impressed me with it this much unless they had had last season's carol sure right like well, not if, just last season's carol but all the seasons of Carol that have come together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, her character evolution has been astoundingly good. Uh, to the extent that, like, it's really shocking when you go back and watch season one, season two Carol. Oh, I bet. It's really, like, it's... What it's, a mouse she is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so back in color, Abraham sees some stragglers breaking off from the main pack and heading in the woods, and he just rolls out and regulates... <laughs> Like, he's like Walter from The Big Lebowski, only much more yeah. successful. <laughs> yeah, he is. And he actually gets him back on the road, and you can tell he just loves this shit when he mm-hmm. gets a chance to endanger himself, but kind of righteously. And it seems like that's where he's headed, right? That's yeah. his new path. I'm going to, as he says, grab the bull by the nutsack. Sure. And I'm just going to have fun until I die, basically. Yeah. Seems to be I've his got motto. No one that I, I'm not responsible for anyone anymore. I so, feel like that's why he volunteered with Sasha. That's why yeah. he's kind of doing the it's peace sign. It's not suicidal. To try and bond. It's not suicidal. It's like I'm a beast and I can go into beast mode. And if I die, it's probably going to be protecting the larger good. And I'm okay with that. And no one relies on me. Not even like my last child, Eugene, I delivered and he was a fraud anyway. So now I can go out and get yeah. myself killed. But Ros- it's not Rosita again, it's not, doesn't give a shit about Rosita at well, all. Rosita's a grown ass woman, and I feel all like right. their relationship had enough edges to it as far as like you know their voyeurism and mm, some other yeah. things last season. That I don't know that that's a real romantic soulmate kind of thing. Yeah, not emotionally entangled. Just no. 
physically. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think Rosita, like, I'm sure she wouldn't, she'd be annoyed if he got himself killed for no good reason. Yeah. And would be sad to see him go. It's not like she depends on him. Not at all. No, it doesn't seem like it. Uh, anyway, uh... He also kind of gets philosophical, ponder, like, you know, he's, like, all amped up on this. But then he talks about, like, the fucked up situation and being cheek to cheek with Pete and then having his brains blown out into his ear. But then he starts laughing about it and everything's aces again. And Sasha kind of side-eyes him. But he says, hey, I'm just I'm just living the life like you. I thought this was all pretty good. Yeah, not no problems like, there. Abraham's kind of sort of crazy, but in a stable way, post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. stable way. Yeah, Sasha's full on abandon your guard of of prisoners crazy <laughs> mm. and go kill some walkers. I don't know. So black and white Bill Rick is apologizing to Diana for Reg and says he's a good person, he's a nice guy. I agree with all this. Um and she says, Well, what else do we need to do? Because she seems to be in like post nine eleven, massive overreaction. Uh, give the <laughs> give the peace and security at all costs crowd whatever they need mode. And Rick says, hey, we need to arm everybody. They need to be trained, like everyone, everyone. Yeah, and good luck with that now. Then there's a pack of zombies that show up while they're working on the RV wall, and Rick decides to give Carter and company a trial run, which you're shaking your <laughs> head and rolling your eyes, but I... I, I mean, they're standing there to to move in if anything needs to be done but i mean train them with like one or two like show them how to kill a walker what the easiest methods are before you just unleash five or six on these guys but isn't that kind of natural like if you're an experienced professional at someone and you try to teach it's hard to gauge what's a reasonable challenge for them because it's hard to remember like if you're teaching a kid how to like start throwing a ball you're teaching a little boy to throw a ball it's like (sighs) i have to break this down because you don't even understand the basic mechanics and you i think almost invariably pitch it way over their head, both metaphorically and physically. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, like trying to teach someone a new game. It's like, oh man, I forgot I switched right to the abstraction and I haven't taught you basic mechanics. So again, it feels like an honest mistake for Rick to make. And it was also safe. So. Nothing happened. The badasses are ready. This wasn't an unmanageable amount of walkers. It easily could have gone wrong though. I mean, Carter could have gotten his face bit right Rick there. Do you cared at that point? Like, he no. was coming around, but I think that's, again, this is another Morgan saying, I thought you didn't take chances. But he should care. If he gets somebody killed there, townsfolk are going to hate him even more. True. I mean, they're going to be like, Rick just threw these guys to a pack of walkers and said, fin for yourselves. Didn't train them, nothing. But Rick hasn't had the... You think you can you, you you think you can take this away from me epiphany yet? That's the point in the episode he like mm. we he's starting to go towards that territory, but yeah. that's the point where he really turns the corner and he even says in a monologue later, hey, that's the point where I really turned the corner. <laughs> uh yeah. so I feel like this Rick is still us versus them. He hasn't really fully embraced the community as anything more than a commodity that he can use at this point. And, yeah, and I think I'm Morgan telling... made him realize that, like the you're taking chances you just don't care about these people yeah yeah that's true he doesn't take chances with his people right with when his his group is on the line yeah and there was a, like a chunky skeleton like just a skeletonized zombie to be still have meat on him that i don't know how they did huh. like i know they they get shockingly thin people sometimes to build up these appliances might have been part cg it might have had been. like a a green patch on him or something. Yeah, I know that's the way, like, the... I was really curious how they did some of the walking or the 
Game of Thrones because some of those literally are skeletons. But yeah, you see the behind the scenes and their guys running around in green. Yeah, you know the chart, the Charlie Day mocap stuff out, yep. outfits. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Carter clearly looks mortally offended, and sure enough, when we get back in another black and white sequence, uh, back from commercial, Carter's leading a rebellious discussion back into pantry slash armory room that Eugene overhears. Um. Then Eugene drops a jar. Carter tries to confront him. He can't do it. Rick comes in, laughably easily disarms him. Yeah. And also says that I see, you know, what I would have done is I would have set up some lookouts because that would have been smart. Uh. And just, you know, treats him like the little boy he is and says, you know, do you really think we got the speech from the trailer? Do you really think you can take this away from me and Michonne and Daryl? And you can see Daryl step in like, Hey Rick. And Rick's like, no, this is the point where he realizes this is not who I am. Gives up the gun. And Morgan sees it. And is like, yeah, that's the Rick Grimes. I know and love. Uh That's a Rick Grimes. I didn't kill back in season (laughs) one, episode one. Uh, color. Uh, there's a zombie. (laughs) There's a heroic zombie in this crowd that is going for zombie of the year. Like, he's putting 100% of his, all of his zombie acting experience and power into emoting the shit out of this zombie. He's just really given good zombie. Uh, Carter admits Rick was right. The plan's working. Rick says, well, you know, it's not over. We still have to finish this. We got to be like cops on a parade route, which I thought was funny. Uh, Carter confidently says, well, I'll take the point. But he's laughably not right. He gets assaulted by oh a single God. zombie. Yep. Starts screaming crazy His loud. face bitten off. Ugh. Just, oh, yeah. I mean, like a fire engine he's going off. <laughs> Uh, we go back to black and white and Morgan's out on Rick's porch cleaning his staff. Uh, Rick comes out a little ass. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me on the pasta again, oh, man. Okay. <laughs> I'm done with the al dente. Uh, when, if it's, if it's your plate, fine, finish it by all means, but I'm moving on. When Rick comes out, little ass kicker invites him to stay with them, says, Hey, you're out of drywall prison. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Judith is looking super plump and super cute. All right. And super tasty, maybe, <laughs> for a zombie to gobble up? No. Damn it. Uh, but yeah, Rick gives this monologue about how he's stupid and he'll screw stuff up because that's who he is and he shouldn't be here. But I realized I didn't have to kill him and I didn't need to kill him. And someone like that, they're either going to get it or they're going to die. And so what happens then to Carter? Carter chooses <laughs> smash cut to collar of Rick Mercy killing Carter. Yeah. With a knife right in the spine, which Morgan sees. Not sure if he approves. I mean, he says kind of half-heartedly, I know it's how it is. I do. But I, it's almost like he's trying to convince himself of that, right? I didn't like this, Morgan. I thought, Mor- I thought yeah. Morgan and Michonne both should have played this like, this sucks, but it's a little bit There's nothing too- you can do for the guy. I know, and and I think Kirkman likes to do, like, make this point of, like, what savage beast we become, but no, not really. No, no, that's a mercy killing at that point. He's dead anyway. Yeah. He's in pain. He's afraid. He's, and they know he's, this. He's They've fucking seen up this happen. Play. Yeah, there's, there's a little too much moral hand-wringing here yeah. for the situation. Uh, Daryl's still doing what he does best, leading walkers. Uh, black and white Jesse and Rick in the armory supply room. They bump into each other, and Rick says, hey, I was just trying to let things be between us. And then Jesse goes on this tirade about he's not allowed to talk to her son like that. You can't touch him. That mm-hmm. he needs to hear these things, but not from you. And the whole time I'm thinking, you're in the going to die no matter what category. Huh. Are you feeling me on this? Because she's not wrong. Jesse? Hmm. But this is the kind of parent-teacher conversation you'd have in the real world 
and not with Rick Grimes when he very mildly reproved your idiotic son who is trying his damnedest to get himself killed. Like, yeah, I, don't I don't know that we the... need to respect his feelings in this circumstance. So I don't remember the exact, like, way that that conversation goes. The only thing I remember out of that conversation is her saying, you're not the guy to tell him these things because yeah. he's never going to listen to you. Um, so maybe if, if there's other stuff, I'll, I'll follow your lead on that. But uh, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, she was right about that portion of it. I think you're also right. And I also think that and overall she's going to get herself armed and all that. But just I... The level of concern and kind of up, upbri- upbriding, I don't even know if I'm using the right word, that she gave to Rick, I don't know, made me think that she was in this maybe not ready to live in this world category. Okay. Maybe not. Probably not. But then I didn't get to see her conversation with her son. Mm-hmm. Like maybe she was screaming and yelling, how stupid, you could have gotten yourself killed, and this is unacceptable, and I'm taking your video games away. Yeah, hopefully she know. had that conversation. <laughs> I don't know what's the appropriate punishment for a 16-year-old that tries to get himself killed by zombies. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, uh, hopefully my son won't do anything that stupid. No PlayStation for two weeks. But it's kind of like one of those things where, I don't know, like when they get... I was, I'm, I'm reading the Patrick O'Brien series again, and I got this one point where... Uh, you know, the captain of the ship is waiting for the carpenter to do this vital repair so they can get away from an enemy. An enemy shooting 32-pound cannonballs at him the whole time. And Jack, the captain's about to say, hurry the fuck up, but he says internally, the 32-pound cannonball splashing five feet away from us doesn't make it impress upon him <laughs> the gravity of the situation. My screaming at him is not going to do a thing. And I'm sure. like, maybe that's the way it is with teenagers. Like, all right. This is what you want to do. You know it's stupid. Me screaming at you that it's stupid is not going to do anything. I At some point, you got to let them get eaten by zombies. Yeah, try to let them make mistakes that aren't going to get them eaten by zombies, maybe. <laughs> yeah. T- but that's risky. And yeah. It's, and it's tough to engineer that situation. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, kids grow up to be people, and people do stupid stuff. And they're sure. willful, and they're prideful, and they're jealous, and they're selfish, and... They're people, so what are you gonna sometimes do? you got good people, sometimes you got bad people. What are you going to do? What do you do? What do you say? Uh, let's see. What else? Black and white. Rick's still walking through the plan, and he said, this is the finish line where they hand off to Daryl and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, at this point, I'm starting to realize what he meant, what Carter meant at the beginning, where this was supposed to be just a dry run. Yeah, yeah. Like this was the beginning of them walking through, and we're now starting to go backwards in time to understand the be- the, the genesis of this plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abraham confronts Sasha and asks if she wants to die. She smiles and says no, which it's weird. I mean, so are they implying that this was kind of an ingenuous answer that then earlier in the episode, which is later in the timeline, through her actions with Abraham and further conversation, she backed into the fact that that was actually the truth? Like the smiley, oh, no, I'm all over Maybe it was so. a lie. But no, I do want to live. This is what living looks like is the truth that she ultimately arrives at. And this is why. Maybe I, that's why Abraham does what he does to show how silly and reckless she's being. There's, like I said, there's is a lot he of that a little, cunning, that there's intelligent. A lot of, no, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the format of this mm-hmm. was an interesting choice because it did make this stuff with Nicholas and the stuff with Sasha much more interesting than maybe it even has a right to be. Yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, we're always talking about show, not tell. This is a really radical way to do that, but mm-hmm. it was satisfying, I thought. 
we also have Rick explaining why they need to take out the tractor supply company. And he says, we'll clear it out tonight, which again, that's when I know when we were watching it live, we're like, what the fuck? Why don't you take care of it now? Well, in the context of a dry run, yeah, uh, you've still got a ways to go. You're going to come back this way. Sure. So that makes sense. Um, and then we loop back into the intro and then we got the color sequence to show we're back in real time and everything's going to plan. Um, and this is a zombie fan smorgasbord. This is a visual treat. We just get dozens of high quality, awesome zombies that you would love to have on your bookshelf as a McFarlane toy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's, you gotta be super happy with this, Jim. Yep. Loving it. And then a loud horn goes off that is coming from Alexandria and the zombies all start to divert towards the sound. You get a great sweeping landscape shot there. And you see the end like, and a lot of times the walking dead fucks this up where again, you know, you see they, they want to pretend like Glenn has can't back up, but they show a 300 yards empty space behind them. Yeah. They want to show the zombie herd surprising Dale, but then they show us, you know, a single one. This, when they panned up, it's like the road was this, you know, parabolic arc Mm -hmm. that is going to focus because of the way it's constructed, the full fury of this onto Alexandria. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. I saw on Reddit that somebody had taken some screen captures of the map and like, the way that they described, you know, the hillside would have pushed them directly toward Alexandria, and it all seemed to work out. Yeah, so. it's like they they sweated the details, <laughs> right? And it was really cool. Yeah, like man, a good job, guys. I I want to see more of this for sure. Um, it's good stuff. That's got to be Ron. That's my official prediction. Ron sits off the horn. I think you're right. It's a big fuck you to both Rick and Carl because he's jealous that. Now he's got nothing. He got, he's got no dad. He's got no girl. We talked about What's this. What's he going to do? We talked about this on the plane the other night. And we're like, it's got to be someone that's either crazy, mm-hmm. uh, someone that's suicidal, or someone that's really angry at the town. Because, like, yeah. the, I, I guess the wolves, we don't know enough if they're, like, just crazy. The people we've seen are kind of crazy. But, like, you get no benefit from destroying Alexandria. Like from a looting and pillaging and from all that yeah, kind of perspective. Um, so it could be, I, I think it could be Gabriel. Gabriel's yeah, crazy I, and kind of yeah. suicidal. I, I suppose so. It could be Gabriel. Could it be Deanna? That she's like, <laughs> she's gone off the deep that. end. Like she's just snapped. Because she's kind of, she seems speaking of brittle. Uh, she seems fairly brittle in this episode. Yeah, she does. Really brittle. She All she can manage is like, that's enough of this conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's about it. And let the trees have him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we got to fade to black. So. All right. Pretty cool. Yeah. I, I Overall, aside from the big what the fuck on the plan, I feel like it was a good episode. Yeah. A really, like, well-constructed uh, episode with good characterization. And, uh, and a lot of important stuff happened. And, and as we said, the, the, to the extent that it's a dumb plan the camouflaging of such went off pretty well. It helped. Uh, It it helped a lot. So Mm -hmm. before we get to feedback, we have uh, some promotion to do promotion for a product that I've been using for a lot of months now and have kind of stuck with and really enjoy. And that's harrys.com. Harry's is a razor company, uh, not just a razor company. You know, they make razors and handles and shaving creams and aftershaves and all that stuff. Everything you need to shave 
your face, perhaps, whatever. Well, I'm whatever glad you've been using it for the last several months because I've not shaved in like five years. I know you'd be a terrible spokesperson. But for this. and that this was in the dark old days before you had Harry's because my chief frustration was that is going to the store and paying like twenty dollars for essentially a month's worth of shave. Oh, it's obscene. And also like five blades and a single head. Like I couldn't I couldn't get it on the nooks and crannies of my nose. Yeah, and and they go fucking dull. Like it's it's shredding my face after after the first shave or two. There's they were bullshit quality. Yeah, I agree. The the difference with Harry's is these guys actually care about what kind of shave they're giving you and the price that they're giving you that shave at. So like like bald move, they were started by just a couple of dudes who were just passionate about what they were doing, which is giving you a good shave. Uh, and they they went out and they bought this German factory that machines their blades to like. You know, German engineering. I've heard qualities. things about That's, German engineering. I have too. Uh, there's no software in this, so you don't have to worry about the Volkswagen problem. But I was going to say, there's and there's, there's no, no EPA standards for no. for razor blades. No, I think so the all Germans you get is can be pure tr- German engineering. The Germans can be trusted for their 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 metallurgy. <laughs> they definitely can. Yeah. Uh, so they bought a factory and they started that up. And you know, I've tried other razor type clubs, and I have not been satisfied with any of them except for Harry's. So. I've stuck with that for the past, I think it's been like almost a year now. Um, good stuff. And you can get a, a good deal too. If you use, if you go to their site and you uh, sign up for, uh, you, you just add something to your cart. You know, they, they have a $15 starter kit, which is really nice. Uh, and you can go there and add that and get $5 off your first order. If you punch in the promo code bald move, all, all caps. It's got to be all capital Cases, letters. It's a rare case sensitive. You got to scream is. it when you type. Caps lock on. Yeah. Cruise control for cool. Just go to your cart, type in bald move all caps, and you get five bucks off your first purchase. And if you're doing that starter kit, it's a $10 starter kit, and it comes with multiple blades. Three blades, in fact. I don't think you can get three blades for $10. They anywhere. smell good. I remember that. Yeah, and a handle and all that Take stuff. it from me. Jim Jones smells good and his face kissably soft. Yeah, always at all times. <laughs> so, yeah, go check that out. Go to harrys.com. Use the promo code BALDMOVE, all caps, and uh, save some money on that. I assume we have feedback, yeah? Yeah. This is a this is going to be a record-long episode. It I'm, is. It's starting to shape up to be. Yeah, but I'll try and blast through the feedback. It was a 90-minute opener, so it was, a little bit yeah. of leeway here. Uh, we start off with Dan from Philly. He says, hey, guys, well, the herd finally showed up, and it was boring. I thought the episode was very the episode was sufficient in explaining what happened and catching up uh, which the show has never done very well but visually I thought it was lacking any tension or urgency. Hmm. How do you feel about that? I'm scared that my calibrations are so off from Fear the Walking Dead that I'm being overly generous with the show. But like I cuz it's like hmm. anytime I see someone where they have like criticisms that I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's kind of an obvious criticism." They did not have tension. It did feel like there weren't a lot of stakes because no one, everything kind of went off the plan. And and I never thought that the main characters were in danger, even as they're hurting thousands of zombies. Yeah, Um, me too. And now it's like, yes, there's certainly going to be, should be a lot of tension next episode. But I felt like it was a mystery and a puzzle episode. And that's a different kind of tension that I enjoy. the The only time I felt tension was when Rick was like, uh oh, the truck fell. We got to call an audible. We got to do this now. Yes, it's live. It's not a drive run anymore. But everything seemed to go. No, I was like, oh, God. there's a, there's a tension in the standoffs that Rick had. Like, are, is he going to kill a person in cold blood? That's true. Yeah, there was some of that more character based, which again I enjoy. But I can't say that Dan's wrong. 
and and maybe I'm just completely yeah. hornswoggled by the the no, artist I, the the art artifice of this episode. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I need to feel tension and and that stuff in every episode. Uh, so if I didn't feel it here, I think it was made up for by the fact that it was an interesting episode as far as how it was constructed. And again, if uh, you can hide a lot by going for broke on zombies. True. So very true. We did get that. Barry C from the UK says, I feared we could have, we could have had a whole episode of everyone bitching and moaning about Rick killing Pete and Rick and Morgan going back and forth about ethics and whatnot. Instead, they managed to jump right into the action while still bringing us up to speed on where everyone is at. I agree. And Uh, and they got a lot, but it was all in fairly believable way. I mean, yeah. And they didn't spend a ton of time on it. You know, that's about the, they spent the appropriate amount of time and also did it in an interesting way. I, yeah, that's all kind of all I really want from the show. Uh, he goes on. Anywho, I wish that they had inferred that the big plan to tackle the horde had taken longer than it seemed to, like maybe two months of work. The reason being is that as long as there are children in the show, it's annoying to see them grow up in real life faster than the character does in the show. I'm talking about Chandler Riggs being ridiculously huge, uh, being a grown man, uh, and the actor playing Sam, uh, Jesse's other kid, have having appeared to have a growth spurt. Oh, did he? According to the the trailer for episode two. Uh, he says, I know there isn't much show can do, but it would but would it be bad to have the story jump ahead a few months? Alexandria seems like the place to do it. What do you think about that? If there had been like a big time jump here while they were like a big montage, like a Martian style montage where a uh, hundred and something days is compressed into just a few seconds. I don't know because the way this show has gone, it's kind of the same thing as Game of Thrones, right? Because if you really think about the timeline of Game of Thrones, the entire series takes place in the span of like a year, a year and a half, maybe. Hmm. And yet Maisie Williams has aged six, seven years. Isaac, not <laughs> yeah. Hayes. Bran. Uh, yeah. Or whatever Rain, his name Wayne's is. Wayne's right or whatever his name is. Bran is now like seven foot tall and shaves three times a day. Like, uh-huh. it's creaky. Uh, but they also kind of, the, the way you've got like lapses in seasons you you can almost kind of hold two mutually contradictive ideas in your head that there's only been two years has passed since the zombie apocalypse and also the eight-year-old boy is now a teenager like yeah that is something that they don't have to work too hard to suspend my disbelief um the one tragedy of that is that the the time where him and rick were left alone and i talked about this at the time just didn't work like mm-hmm. that being an eight, nine year old little boy is a completely different episode than Carl being a 14, 15 year old boy. Yeah. But I think they're telling age appropriate stories of him now. Mm-hmm. And you especially know, with his Enid stuff, I think that's going to be pretty interesting. I'm, I'm super invested in Carl and Rick's relationship. And now that Carl's kind of got a little bit of the love interest to explore as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm excited. I think he's doing uh, much better when they give him material that same seems appropriate to his age. And I w- I think he could. I think Chandler Riggs would have been dynamite in that plot if they hadn't fucking wasted a year at, at Herschel's farm and wasted three years at goddamn prison. That they'd have gotten to him like when he was nine. He could have knocked that shit out of the park. I know he could. Oh yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Eli C. says, I realize this wouldn't make for very interesting television, but why would the Alexandrians not realize that the rock quarry's distinct advantage just periodically firebomb the whole thing and let it fill back up with more walkers? Rinse, repeat. Uh, 
he says it's clearly the biggest reason they've managed to stay safe for all these years. As mentioned, you're right. That's in that's that's totally the big picture here is kind of lousy. Okay. Uh, Jen L says, what if it is Father Gabriel trying to sabotage Rick's plan because Rick wouldn't let him be a part of it? Honestly, I wouldn't put it past his crybaby ass. He has never shown us any kind of maturity on his part. And he seems to act on impulses because someone makes him angry or hurts his little feelings. After spouting all of his bullshit about the group being so dangerous, he could potentially be one of the most dangerous of them all. If he was if he was behind the horn shenanigans, I hope the group locks him out, lets him get torn to pieces like his congregation was. Serves him right for being such a baby back bitch. <laughs> if he is leaning on the horn when Rick gets back. I hope uh, he just shoots him right in the face. He, yes. Like, please. no explanation, uh, just boom. Your head is a Campbell soup can. I mean, even if it's Ron, whoever pressed that button well, needs to get... the child is a little, because you've got, like, I think it's going to be hard for a guy like Rick to shoot a kid in the face. Probably, probably, I think yeah. he probably should, you know, kind of like look at the flowers, like, at certain point yeah. in this world, you can't have people doing this without shit. psychiatric care and medicines and treatment options and and every day is a life and death struggle. You got to shoot some kids in the face sometimes. I agree, I but agree. I think that Rick will have. <laughs> may, ooh, maybe Car- maybe Carol does it. All right, Carol maybe will do Carol it without hesitation. Oh yeah, yeah. Look, she at- doesn't give a shit about Ron. She actually cared about Lizzie. <laughs> look at your father's body in the trees. <laughs> Blam. <laughs> Yeah. Michael says someone should have suggested to Rick and company that his plan, even if well executed, was morally questionable. What happens if there is another survivor camp 20 miles down the I'll road? I'll fuck them. What would happen if they stayed together and just walked back? So this you is... don't want to question the morality of this at all. No. This is all caveman right. days, man. You don't <laughs> think about if you divert this river, it floods some poor son of a bitch down. This is think tribalism. This mm-hmm. and yes. And that okay. is an evolutionary advantage for a reason. Yeah, I think I'm with you. If those fuckers can't deal with the flood of zombies and you could, well, guess what? You're going to have babies and they're not. So yeah. <laughs> the post-apocalyptic survivors will be smarter and more fit. I agree. Uh, Tom in a Volkswagen writes in, not that it matters too much, but the way The Walking Dead represents Alexandria, Virginia is amazingly inaccurate. It is a suburb of Washington, D.C., best described as a small city with approximately 150,000 residents. And Alexander is a set in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's one right. thing. <laughs> There's one obvious con- discongruity. Yeah, he says, you know, it's in the general vicinity of the Pentagon and Arlington National Cemetery, Reagan National Airport. It's it's more city blocks than country roads. But, you know, do what you do. Uh, well, and that's the thing, like... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I mean, my, I'm ignorant of the area. It was jar, you know, I, I agree to Seppinol. It's kind of jarring to see what they were trying to pass off, you know, when they're trying to pass off Canada. Was it Toronto? I think it was so. Montreal. For LA? For LA. It's like that didn't quite work, but I just assumed Alexander is more suburby in country. If I'm wrong, that's, that's super unfortunate. Yeah. I guess it's really only a problem for people from that area, right? Yeah. The rest of the nation says, oh, I don't care. Uh, yeah, but it's like, I don't know. They Maybe they'd maybe they be more nondescript instead of saying exactly where it is. They could have been yeah. like, 
instead of using a real town, they could have used a fake one. Or if they want to, if they want an out of the way country town, you use an out of the way country town in Virginia, yeah. right? But they also changed like Rick, like he's Cynthiana is no longer a town in Kentucky. He's it's a town in yeah in the suburbs of it's like a township in the suburbs of Georgia. So everything's got you know as long as this show's got the peach. Got the Georgia peach in the credits. It's going to have to do some fast and loose stuff. But uh, Yeah, I prefer to think of this as an alternate history, not only like from the perspective of, oh, zombies have never taken over, but also like, and there are no zombie movies in this universe, but also uh-huh. geography too. Like it's geography slightly altered map. Show. Yeah. The, everything's not where it should be. Yeah. And I just ignore that stuff. And we don't have those goggles. That's why we can't see the the giant, they're supposed to be invisible walls behind Glenn, he can't fall back. Oh, he just yeah, can't yeah. see them. We don't have the proper goggles. <laughs> sure. Does that actually bug Tom, or is it more like? Because no, I no. wonder. Because no, nothing's ever set in Indianapolis ever, ever, ever. Sure. Uh, and I wonder if there was a show set in Indianapolis, it would bother me that there's obvious geographical bullshit. Like I, I thought it was cool. Like Parks and Rec felt very Indiana. Oh yeah. And they kind of did that partially by setting it into a fictionalized Indiana town. So it's like mm-hmm. kind of like all small town Indiana and sure. all small town Midwest, and it felt real. Um, I wonder if it would actually bug me if like something was set in, or if it would be funny, like funny. Like was the just a time that he's bothered by it, or was it just like this is silly? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell given what he wrote. He'll probably uh, answer. Let's talk about it on the forums, Tom. Okay. Beverly B. writes in, says, In the instant take, you were all more impressed with Rick's level of mercy than I was. She has a few points here. All right. Uh, Number one, when he didn't kill Carter, I did not see it as mercy, uh, but as an effort to show Daryl and the others that he was still in control of his emotions, which I think we kind of talked about a little bit in in this episode. Um, Number two, his unwillingness to even consider burying Pete where his children could visit the grave just made him seem like a jerk to me. Uh, Deanna agreed with him too. And I don't think so he she's felt. A jerk I don't think well. he was thinking of that in the moment. Like you got to understand, this is the but, day yeah. after. Uh, and then when he saw his kid, he changed his mind. So I thought that was a kind of organic progression. Yeah. And then third, uh, his disregard for the lives of the people in Alexandria. Of course, we understand his point that they are just not as tough as he is. But empathy being what it is, perhaps uh, he should think about the people that he loved and lost. And that these people are, you know, somebody's grandmother or brother or, you know, vice versa. It's... Yeah. Yeah, they didn't transition as quickly as he did because they didn't have to. Maybe he should have a little more sympathy for these people. But also, you got to recall that Rick tried this experiment in the prison and it blew up in his face. So it yeah. would be inconsistent. I think that he has to go through... So, so the Rick Grimes, the character in a comic book, is a man who's going through pendulum swings, where he goes back mm-hmm. and forth between humanity and barbarism. And you know, I'm like f- probably 40 issues behind at this point. But I feel like that hopefully where he's going to go is like the perfect, you know, we talked about like that this is shaping him up to be the perfect post-apocalypse. He's the John Connor of the zombie apocalypse. Uh-huh. A man molded through points of, of compassion and heroism and bravery and also deprivation and the darker side of human nature and being a victim of cowardice and cruelty to be everything you need in a zombie leader. Like, I think that's what him and, and, and I, honestly, I think that, I got the clear decision the thoughts when I stopped reading the comic books about a year and a half ago that like maybe that 
essentially they're going to build up to the point where even Rick can't get there. And hmm. what I'm seeing is the long-term story of eventually this torch being passed to Carl. Like Carl will be the leader that, that his, his old man couldn't be because he's either too tough or too brittle or too hard bitten, but Carl can be that guy. I don't know. So yeah. And I think they frame it. What as, I'm saying is it's not as simple as like, well, I'd like to see him be more merciful because like, okay, but then you're kind of ignoring season three and four, Rick. So that's what I like. I, I think they've done a really good job framing him as a guy who is not cruel, is not just about survival necessarily, but doesn't take those chances. Yeah. And that's the difference, right? Like, yes, there are scenarios in which new people coming to the to the group is a great thing. Yep. And they all work out and everybody holds hands and is happy. But that's a chance. That's a risk. And Rick has taken that risk multiple times before and it has not worked out for him. A lot of the time, catastrophically. Yeah, and I wonder, like, I would hate to see him make the exact same mistake again. So, like, I don't, because I know he had the three questions, and he also had a holding period and a quarantine period for people in the prison. I yeah. wonder how he's going to, because if he just goes back to that, it does seem silly. Um, I wonder how they're hmm. going to have him do that kind of thing and have it feel like it's, you know, he did some root cause analysis and fixed the single point of failure. Like, what was the single point of failure of the prison? Was it the fact that they were inadequately prepared for an outside assailant that they were trying to do to Kumbaya? And, like, you know, it's like, I think that's what he's doing now. It's like, okay, we need the security and safety of the prison and the prosperity, but we also need to be more armed to the teeth. You can't have this concept mm -hmm. of civilians and farmers and and politicians like everyone yeah. has it's the marines everyone's a fucking rifleman mm -hmm. but also try to have what we had back then so maybe that's what he's going to modify this time we'll see but yeah I, I, you know i hate it when he just flip flops back and forth so i i gotta see the pendulum can't just swing back to where it was it's got to be half a step further towards yeah. the middle you know it's be a reason for the swing yeah yeah uh, Tanya S. says, I just wanted to say that Glenn's behavior during this episode was nothing short of alarming. Oh. He seriously needs to do something evil and or ruthless to avoid becoming the moral compass of this group right <laughs> oh, now. No. I don't want to see Glenn die. That's the death sentence. You can't be the moral comp compass. She's right. Uh, she says, I liked him giving Dickless a second chance at the end of the last episode, uh, only because there was the theme about the group having become the walking dead and the enemy or the bad guys to be afraid of. And Glenn's actions clearly showed that they were there was still humanity within the group. But this continuation of that good guy mentality and Maggie going on and on about what a good guy he is raises all the red flags that we might soon see Glenn follow in the footsteps of Herschel, Dale, and Bob. Mm. So do something shady, Glenn. Please punch Gabriel in the throat or something. Anything to remove yourself from the dangerous moral position, uh, position of the moral one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to see Glenn go. I don't want to see Glenn go either. So I and punching Gabriel in the throat sounds oh, good to God, me. God, you're right though. He's morally center. He's centering at the morals. <laughs> He's morally centering. Yep. Kiss of death, man. It's kiss of death. Matt from Chicago. If, if he becomes a moral center and Maggie's pregnant. He's a oh, fucking dead he's man. Done. He yeah. is a dead man. Yeah, there can't be any dual parent children in this universe. <laughs> no. What are you talking about? Uh-uh. Uh, Matt from Chicago. The Alexandrians don't know that the dry run suddenly turned into, fuck it, we'll do it live. The Horn probably didn't have the malicious intent of drawing the whole herd to Alexandria because the only people who knew the herd is even loose are not at the town. 
You can rule out the horn being blown by the wolves because with the subtlety that this show has, if the wolves knew the herd was loose, we have seen a shot of an ominous figure lurking in the shadows, watching it all go down. My guess is that there's shit going on at Alexandria, like a smaller herd or the wolves showing up, and somebody back there is blowing the horn of Gondor to alert Rick and the gang so they'll get their bad asses back to help. Will Rohan answer? Well, that's the beacons, not the horns. I got my nerd shit mixed up. And I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> so uh, what do you think about that? That it's not that they think. OK, the so there's a time in here yet. because when Rick Mercy killed uh, Carter, Colin, yep. Car- <laughs> Carter. Yeah, sure. Carrie. Uh, he sent Morgan ahead and said, tell who needs to tell the people who need to know what happened. Yeah. Did Morgan have enough time? Because I honestly don't know. I'm asking you with the time jumps and with me not paying attention to this theory. Um, is it was it possible there's enough time for Morgan to get? Because because there was a jump where it went from that to hey everything's good. We just need to be cops on a parade route and mop this thing up, and we're almost there to hand off. And then the horn yeah. goes off. Did Morgan have enough time to get back home for someone to say something? He said it was the, far away. Like it sounds like the horn sounded far away, but not. And then far, he says, like, "Not a couple of miles far away." And he says it sounded like in Alexandria. I don't know what his definition of far is, but I imagine. I, I want to say no. I want to say I mean, he had real estate signs pointing your way. You don't get those twenty miles out. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, but, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, that kind I really of does don't shoot know a hole in your Pete's kid theory. What's his? What's that guy's name? Ron. Ron. It just shoots a little hole in your Ron theory. But on the other hand, if you know, Morgan tells Diana and Diana starts like, t- you know, tearing her sackcloth and screaming and like, why? You know, I, I don't know. Or maybe Ron is maybe Ron's following them. And he's he, he sees that the things have gone to shit. And then now he's going to be no, a I don't dick, think huh? Ron gives a shit about whether it's the plan is good or not. No, I'm saying that you don't think that Ron could be following Rick just to for to follow him. No, I think Ron's back in town saying, I'm going to fuck up Rick's plan big time. But again, how do you explain the fact that it's supposed to happen the following day? Oh, oh, if Morgan doesn't reach there to say, and I'm saying like, okay, hey, the plan he's, is he, on right and now. And he wouldn't tell Ron because Ron's not one of the guys that needs to know. He would tell yeah. Diana, and I'm trying to think who else is the big wigs that are left behind. Um, um, maybe his mom or <laughs> no, no, not his mom. I don't Morgan's think he'd tell mom. Jesse. Uh, Jesse. No, nah, I don't think he would. So I don't know. That's why I said maybe I don't know Ron how much time them, happens. and he's like, I don't, I don't know why he'd follow him, but I didn't, you know. And if, and if he didn't have time, if Morgan didn't have time to get back, Ron wouldn't have either, right? Sure, that's what I'm saying. Like Ron, so like yeah, somehow Ron had to found out because you're right. That doesn't make sense. He wouldn't have been able to foretell the future. I still like your theory though. Hmm. And again, we'll well now I'm we'll, not so sure we will know it. within moments of the start of the episode unless they do another crazy Tarantino thing this year. We'll know within moments yeah. what actually happened. So let's find out. Or if they pull leftovers, give you three episodes of sure stuff before they let you know what happens. Now see the whole episode from Ron's perspective. <laughs> yep, just eating casserole. Uh, Jake from Tallahassee. As several people have explained in the forums, the herd march was pretty stupid. But if they're going to be dumb and waltz through details, I want them to do it with something on a massive scale that's hugely ambitious, 
I was okay with it because we got 10,000 walkers and a cool quarry set. Yep. If The Walking Dead is going to be stupid, this is the right kind of stupid. Yes. Don't give me Noah getting trapped in a folding chair. Damn straight, Jay. <laughs> give me a half-baked 10,000 zombie march. Yeah, if, if, Noah, if Noah ran off the cliff of a zombie quarry <laughs> into a sea full of walkers, I'd be a hell yeah, Noah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a good point. Like, like we said. Go big or go home. Yeah, 10,000 walkers can gloss over a lot of faults. Dylan says, glad to see Heath finally get involved. I was wondering if he was going to make it to the show or not. Uh, while watching the show, I had a thought that just might be crazy enough to be true. The person that set off the alarm is Carl's girlfriend. Can't recall her name. It's Enid. Enid. And over the course of the next episode, the group figures it out and puts her in a cell that Morgan was in at the beginning of the episode. They made it a point to bring it up again later on in this episode while they try to figure out what to do with her um, because no one wants to kill a kid. Uh, it could also happen... Uh, with Ron, I, I suppose. Why would um, Enid the same problem with the the Enid theory is the same problem with Ron theory? Why would she know? How would she know? Uh, I I feel like there might have been something I cut out here with like Carl having to like go save her or something, and not wanting her to be in the cell and having disagreements. No, I'm saying how would she I'm know sure. the design if she blew the horn? How yeah, would she again? Same yep, problem, right? Yep, yep. Um. And he's also lamenting that Carl hasn't really had any major moments of growth in a while. Uh, <laughs> well, he was holding hands with a pretty girl. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose so. You're not getting my my lewd joke there, are you? Holding moments hands? of personal growth. Oh, Jesus. You, you know you know what it's like right. to be 16 years old and hold hands with a pretty girl for the first time? Sure. I was parsing feedback. I didn't catch that one. <laughs> Jenkins says, did it bother you guys that as soon as Rick is pointing out to Deanna that every citizen of Alexandria needs to learn self-defense, a few walkers come ambling by and attacking a few Alexandrians and conveniently proving his point? He says, that's my only nitpick in an otherwise solid episode. Did that bother you at all? That they would stage it? That... There's a lot of lead. Honestly, there's a lot of leading by the nose that I think you would have been even more glaring had they had a conventional structure. But yeah, nah, kind of okay with that. Like I, I don't know. Some coincidences bother me, and some don't. And if you're doing it for narrative purposes, I'm usually kind of okay with it. Yes. And I'm going to talk about a lot of, on the, the Leftovers be. podcast later this afternoon, like why I'm mm. okay with some coincidences and not others. Okay. Because, you know, that's one of my big deals. Um, but no, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was, too. plus, I mean, I've, I, I've, 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 I'm grading Walking Dead on a curve. Like for the longest time yeah. I was grading it on a season one curve and it was found the one thing and, and it, it could be that now my the curve has gotten so low that i'm accepting i'm 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 looking at like c plus television and saying that looks like a, a b plus i'm not yeah i'm just a person i'm just a human I, I i can get influenced that way as, as much as anyone sure but i i really like this episode it's it was fun it was fun like i it, i liked it as much as i hated the last couple episodes of fear the walking dead and that's another thing that that's probably fucked up my curve but yeah for sure but but if you hate it, by all means, like I hope you guys are having. I, I sorry I wasn't able to be in the forums because we were traveling. Uh, like this is our first day back in the studio. We feel like we've been traveling for two fucking days. What about if you're <sighs> on both sides of the fence here? Like Mitch, Mitch says, "What an episode! So much to like, so much to hate." At first glance, this episode was great. A thousand plus walkers and an interesting set piece. Kudos to the writers on that one. But Rick's plan has an obvious hole to me. How the hell can they leave Alexandria so exposed? So this is another hole. 
Hmm. Um, Daryl, Morgan, and Aaron have just returned from the wolves booby trap. Multiple people have noticed the wolves' handiwork very close to the gates. Yeah. Don't you think they should have had a group of badasses left back at the safe zone? There is a, you're, you're, you're not wrong. Yeah. You're not wrong because you're right. You've got a potential governor slash terminus level of crazy people out there. And you've yeah. got people too dumb to live in the world. <laughs> You're going to leave all them to defend your only sanctuary? Yeah, no. Bad idea. Yeah. All right, Steve from Liverpool. Uh, watching the season opener, it's clear this sixth series, which he's from Liverpool, so he would say that. Uh, sixth season will continue Rick on his path of the lone man dragging his beleaguered and battered family from shitstorm to shitstorm. It does feel, though, that he's gradually being cast as a villain or a fall guy for when things go tits up. I can't help thinking that they are using that to set up an ultimate conflict between Morgan and Rick, even though I hope not. Morgan is clearly still at the point where he believes all human life is precious, and despite saying he knows how it is, I can't help but think he doesn't think that's how it has to be. So where does that lead us? Will we see a split in the safe zone survivors? Will there be two camps, Camp Rick and Camp Morgan? Uh, I'm hoping not, as I get the feeling that Morgan will be a fantastic voice of conscience for Rick an angel on his shoulder to quell the darker voices in his head and help him be the leader he can be. I don't, I don't think that's a, that would be terrible because that's essentially what you had with Herschel. Like that kind of dynamic where you've got like a person who's trying to be the spokesperson for the better parts of humanity is only annoying when it's just super Pollyanna and with no skin in the game and no real sense of loss. Like Herschel, you can never say that about Herschel. Like, it's not that he didn't see how bad things were. It's not that he didn't have suffer terrible losses. Mm-hmm. It's just that he still had his idea about what the core and same thing you can say about Bob, same thing you can say less successfully about Tyrese. Um, and, you know, certainly uh, Morgan and Daryl, if they're going to be the moral authorities on this show, and even Glenn. And maybe that's get, maybe that gives me hope for Glenn because it seems like there's a lot of moral authorities on this show, and that Rick is kind of the odd man out. Yeah, that's I don't true. find that annoying because I respect both those people. I respect their viewpoints a little bit too much for me, as I said. Morgan being mm-hmm. shocked and dismayed that Carter died, didn't survive the experiment. Yeah, I thought the exact right balance would be like him and Michonne kind of shrugging, like, "Well, we tried, mm-hmm. good experiment," um, but no, I I don't. I'm not worried about that. It could okay. they could do it shitty. I'm hoping they won't. And yeah. I think with the the actor and hopefully the proficiency that the writing staff is showing with maybe getting the the their their balance on this stuff, then I'm I'm gonna have high hopes. Okay, high hopes, optimism, cautious optimism. He has one other thing to say or a question to ask. What about the horn at the end? Could that be a malfunctioning warning system that could not only attract walkers, but also wolves? I thought then so, Then you too. got two fronts of this battle, and it's a whole shit storm. That could be like the you know power grid blowing up or yeah. some other thing, damn thing. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Mark says, craft work uh, went up for sure. He's talking about the craft work on the episode. Oh, sure. They're doing their Craftsmanship. Thing. Yeah. He says the black and white sequences had a silver gelatin quality that made... Uh, just made each scene pop visually and give it an otherworldly sort of quality. Well, I mean, it's not for nothing that I thought one of the coolest things they did was a black and white airing of Walking Dead. Like, black and white, I don't know what it does, but it does lend a certain amount of gravitas even when it's not intended. Yeah, yeah, I feel that way. 
Uh, that's how Instagram that works. You take a shitty picture you put a sepia of a selfie, you filter. throw sepia toad, and oh my god, that's time picture of the year. Right. I don't know why it works, but I'll be damned if it doesn't. Yeah, I feel like maybe it, they owe a little bit of that to Romero. Like, mm. that, that calls back to Night of the Living Dead in a way that gets people excited. Subconsciously, sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he also says, I would have given away um, a little bit more of a cliffhanger at the end. Some clever shot that reveals just enough to get people guessing or kind of second guessing about what happened with the. Oh, horn. I think I no. I like how it is exactly a cliffhanger. I, I kind we of see I agree what's with happening. You, yeah. We see the stakes, but it's a mystery. Okay, I'm on that. I'm on that page as well. As long as it doesn't become like a dissected rat fiasco. <laughs> yeah, the worst. Uh, and finally, Aaron W. Talking about Abraham here says, A-dub. first off, can we call him American Choppers? I think of that every time I see him." <laughs> Uh, he's literally like the off. redheaded stepchild of Paul Tuttle Sr. If he had been the one fixing up Daryl's bike, that would have been amazing. Sure, yeah. He's for some reason wanting to put blinky lights and <laughs> spider webs and uh-huh. all, all that stuff. No, no, that was Junior who liked the fucking spider webs. I forget what Senior's thing. <laughs> senior was like old school iron crosses and mm-hmm. you handlebars know, like, that are too wide to hold. Yeah, he he was <laughs> he was much more traditional chopper. Yeah. So he would just made it much more traditional. Ape some some ape drapes. Uh he goes on about Abraham. I thought that Abraham made some great progress last season, but so far from the premiere he seemed to take a step back. I think uh I almost think that they are trying to develop him into a hipster. He even said aces once. This was probably not a term you would have picked up on uh prior to the zombie apocalypse. Who said aces? Abraham did. Says everything's aces now, or something like that. When he gets back in the car, I think of after uh, Walter. I think of Lorne Malvo from Fargo. When I think of that. Yeah, I don't necessarily associate aces with the hipsters. I don't. But... Yeah, like I maybe it's I could see that. that he's got this like it's weird. Like he, Eugene's his dorky son, but he's got this pseudo military yeah linguistic pattern that he falls into. I just I assumed aces is probably I don't know some kind of Military jargon. I don't. I've never heard it before. Yeah, I got a pretty good ear for that for reading so much damn Tom Clancy and watching so many war movies. But <laughs> yeah, I th- Aaron's just worried that they're going to mess up his character, and I'm. I don't. Th- in fact, I think they're sure actually uncovering that. the true Abraham. Okay, like the, he's really rounding out into what I consider the character of Abraham to be after some false starts. Yeah, I mean, he was trying to actively hide himself at the beginning of the season, right? Deny all the stuff that happened with his family and how Which that made I him still, feel. Like and... again, I don't, I didn't think any of that was good. But it's weird how, as a hazy memory, it's <laughs> it's it's a better character building advice as a hazy memory than the actual episode was. Sure, when you know that he's got Some a vaguely traumatic of, past yes, with losing his family. Sure. And that affected him, now, him deeply, and he was trying and he to was transfer that it. to Eugene, and now he's yep. free from that, and he can become the per- Yeah, yeah. It does work better in hindsight. Yep. Uh, that's it. That's all the feedback we got. I, I feel like we need meatloaf's objects in a rearview mirror crooning here. <laughs> May a piccolo. Uh, I could just go for some Bullshit meatloaf, in the rearview mirror. <laughs> May seem better than it was. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I think that's it for the episode. Uh, any spoilers? Uh, we had one email that was kind of a spoiler. I don't know if we want to do a spoiler section. Maybe if you know a little bit about Heath. Um, I think that's what this email is talking about. I mean, we can read it. Like I, I, so I was in a habit of rereading the comic book segments that I thought that they were going to cover this season. And mm-hmm. I stopped doing that last year because I felt like it was doing no justice to the show. 
you did complain a lot about how they deviated. Yeah, when I had something fresh that I thought was executed well, and then I saw a less ex- well executed, it was just offensive on the face of it. So yeah. um, I stopped reading the comic books after a... Um, hmm, I don't even know how to say it without spoilers. Um, there's after a big they event. dropped an atomic bomb on Rick. Sure. Yeah. Sure, there's a big event that kind of remade the world of The Walking Dead, and I stopped reading a few episodes at that because I'm like, okay, this is interesting, and if they do this in the show, I kind of don't want to know what's going to happen okay i i, and I hmm. think what i'll do is once the show catches up i might do a retrospective like i'll read the con because it doesn't take nothing like you can read a season with the comics in like 30 minutes yeah and then be like okay then i'll have the opposite i'll, I'll know what the show did with it whether it's good or bad and then i can say whether i liked it better in the comics and it hopefully won't annoy the tv watchers so much you won't be doing it on a weekly basis no and i like i honestly it's like i hate listening to game of thrones podcast a fucking whine endlessly about the fairly the minor differences yeah. between the books and the series and like they just get hung up and it's like I such mean, the differences so there annoying. are so minor well i mean so minor compared to the walking dead debatable in the last season but sure well, um yeah. But so it's so like I, I you know I've had some like long term bald move fans like we get it enough damn it, it's not like the comic book so like yeah ah, I'm gonna try it that way okay but yeah if you want to if, if I don't know if you want to if you want to talk Heath spoilers we could maybe talk Heath spoilers yeah we'll do we'll do a quick spoiler section after the music so if you're interested in that stick around how can they send us some more uh, zombie waterfall of feedback that's a good question jim and the answer is watching dead at baldmove.com and on forums.baldmove.com all right no twitter no facebook we don't have twitter we got face that's a great way to keep like i don't (laughs) engage with it much because so much is going on um i do i i I usually read them and if someone like ask a question or whatever uh, i'll I'll like some stuff and talk but mostly it's got happened in the forums and an email now yeah twitter facebook are a good place to just keep you want to know the second our shit drops that's a great way and like with new things like if you're if you're you're not you know if you want to know what new shows we're covering because we're we're terrible at marketing honestly like we ought to like hey you know what Fargo started last night. There you go. Leftovers started I almost a week forgot ago. about it. Leftovers started a week ago. If you like those shows, hey, we do shows on them. But if you knew, if you had Twitter and Facebook, uh, you'd, you'd, you'd know about that already. Indeed. All right. Well, we'll see everybody who wants to stick around. We for have spoilers. feeds. We have like combined everything feeds where you can just get an RSS feed of everything we do too. We never talk about that. No. Nope. <laughs> we got features brussing out our ass that we never talk about. <laughs> That's all right. Did I mention we're terrible at marketing? <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for the episode. Uh, that's it for our marketing budget. We've spent it all. Baldmove.com has got it all. Just just <laughs> go does. there whenever you want or not. <laughs> Thanks for, for listening. If you are interested in spoilers, stick around after the music. If not, we'll see you next week at, uh, during or after the episode, depending on whether you're a premium member. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. back with the spoiler section uh i've got one email from edwin i want to talk about something okay that it's hard not to talk about in the main series but so the thing i was talking about um well shit the event no the event i was trying to dance around talking about there at the end was the fact that in the comic books 
right after they deal with the all-out war, which is the hum- humanity's uprising against Negan and Negan mm-hmm. and his saviors. Tigers attacking everyone. All that yeah. stuff. Uh, they immediately jump forward like two years. Oh, wow. Which, if we're a season or so away from, that would really help the whole Chandler Riggs thing. A little because, bit. Because yeah. that's essentially, they kind of jump him into... Uh, and he goes through so much physical and emotional and character transformation, but they mm. kind of age him up to where now he can do like big boy stuff. Okay. Like he's wanting to move to a different settlement and get out from under his dad's thumb and be his own man and learn a trade and become a blacksmith. And, huh. and there's, and I like three or four issues in, I'm like, this is super interesting. I'm going to stop, read it because if Kirkman fucks it up, it's just going to infuriate me. So, or remixes sure. it or whatever. Um, so yeah, if you and I'm not saying don't talk about any of those spoilers, send it in. I'm just saying that I'm trying to be a little bit more laid back to improve the actual thing I'm doing, which is a television podcast about this show. Sure. Okay. Uh Edwin says, Well, Jim, I hope that megahertz was what you've been hoping for, because it was awesome. And I think we may be stuck with it for almost the remainder of the season. Here are the comic similarities in this episode. One. Carter's coup and holding up of Eugene actually thought that uh, thought part of this happened last year as this was Nicholas in the comics and it was Glenn that he got into it with not Eugene. Uh, Besides that, this happened exactly like it did in the comics. So that's interesting. I didn't know about that. Hmm. Uh, Rick's confession of wanting to kill Carter. This just, this happens just like the comic, but Rick confesses it to Andrea, not Morgan. Uh, Can't do that with Andrea in the TV show. Morgan living in Alexandria. This is completely different as Morgan was not a badass in the comics, but went in deep depression after his son was killed and didn't do much. So, I think they no handled that with staff. Tyrese. Like, he's enough depressed badass for yeah, several we seasons. We don't need any wasted badass on this show. That was the other thing I was going to mention that, like, what he alluded to is this whole herd management is something they do in the time jump. Like, that's something you have to... So, gotcha. And they kind of yada yada through this phase where they're not very good at it. And then, like, in the future, they're, like, on horseback, and they've got these elaborate systems of steering herds away from the communities. And Horses make a lot of sense. Yeah, it gets very... It feels very... Starts... Walking Dead starts to feel very... Almost science fiction. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that type of science fiction where it's... Like, the Song of Swords science fiction where... You're so far in the future after post-apocalypse that it looks like the Middle Ages. You're back okay. to sword and blacksmith and castle technology almost. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I kind of dig it. It was it was cool. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I don't I, know whether... I wonder whether if the show's going to go for that. They, it, the budget would be, I think, pretty big. Yeah. Maybe. And it's a bold direction to take this series in, I think. Uh, I think it's a needed direction because I think that once they get through this Negan War, if they choose to do it, that... You've said about all you can say about morality plays in the post-apocalypse, and now you got to get to survival and, and what that looks like. And I don't know, maybe it turns into another big morality play. Who knows? But at least it's a more interesting back backdrop. Okay. Uh, Morgan living in, living in Alexandria. Oh, wait, I already did that one. Heath. Heath is a fan favorite and becomes sort of a medic for the group. He and Glenn are the scavengers of the group in the comics. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know what they'll turn him into, but it seems like he is someone who goes out on missions. So maybe he'll take Glenn on those missions. Seems like something for Glenn to do. Yeah, and like 
so they're kind of showing that he's game at least for this, and he's got the the raw physical chops for this kind of stuff. I mean, Glenn put a gun yeah. in his hand right away. So, yeah, I mean, there are definitely the people that make it in Alexander. There are definitely the people that don't. Mm-hmm. So, I am a little worried for the Jesse types out there. But there's definitely some, and I don't know about Diana. I really don't see where she's got to go from here. Yeah, she needs to come back down to this planet. Like, I felt like the people they introduced, I don't remember their names, who Heath introduced us to. I don't either. I feel like that they're probably going to be significant, and this isn't comic spoilers, I'm really just making shit up. I feel like Carhartt guy, mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to probably be, you got to have some people from this town step up. It can't all just be, yeah. you know, wackos and sad sacks, like, you know, or it's just going to be, you're going to have the same problem we got into, where it's right, right, right now, you can't get them core group much leaner. Like, it was a bit bloated. You had the Beths and the Noahs and all this stuff, the people that, you know, could do some drama. But, like, you have to build some people up before you kill many more or you're going to start running the same problems where you got thin characters again. Yeah. I feel like maybe Rosita could go. We don't Rosita's know or care much about the characters, yeah. But, like, Tara, like, Surprisingly, at this point, becoming a character, yeah. You know, I it, it I don't know what I would feel, but I'd feel something if she she got ripped apart by zombies. <laughs> and obviously, like, Glenn, Maggie, yes, yeah. Daryl, Rick, Carl, although they're never going to anything happen bad to them. Morgan, yeah. Morgan they could kill, and I would be, like, sobbing, like, just <laughs> because yeah. I think he's just... We've always said this. This is He's been, like, the one shockingly good thing. Every time he's in the series, it's like, you know he's going to bring it. Yeah. Yeah, Lenny James crushing. And he's, like, so much more restrained. Like, I thought maybe all he could do was weep and act crazy. Yeah. But I like Sane Morgan maybe (laughs) best of all. Sure. Uh, Rick and Jesse's confrontation. This is different in the comics as he comforts her because she is glad that her husband is dead, welcomes him into the home. Hmm. Yeah, they're definitely remixing their relationship. Apparently. But, uh, also, Deanna and Rick's decision to dump Pete into the woods. It's Douglas. I don't know who Douglas is, who makes this decision in the comics, but Rick talks him out of it for the children's sake. Hmm. Well, Douglas is Diana. Like, they gender... Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think yeah. they, they gender okay. bent that, so, like, Douglas is Diana, and I forget Regina what... Regina is Reg. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, the <laughs> remix! It's real. <laughs> And seven, the Mega Herd. This is completely different from the comics as they are attracted to Alexandria from the gunfire between Rick's group and the DC Scavengers, which are potentially the wolves in this. Yeah. I knew there was a I knew there was a lightweight group that Rick could easily handle to make us think that he's going to do the same, like that Rick has figured it out and then he comes across. Yeah a crazy evil person that's as prepared and good at fighting and, and tactics as he is. And then that's mm. like, our, it's, you know, your wrath of con moment where it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and he says also casting calls have gone out for both Jesus and Negan. Uh, so I think it's safe to say that Morgan won't be filling that role. I think this half season will end with the arrival of Jesus and next halves with the introduction of Negan bashing someone's head in with his bat Lucille. Looks like next week's episode will show the arrival of the wolves. At least I'm hoping it does. When did he say Glenn? He thinks Glenn's head's going to be smashed in. Uh, the introduction of Negan with next half. Season. Okay. Yes. Okay. All right. So like episode nine, I guess. That I and honestly, you know, like we didn't do our preview kit because um, just just a just yeah. There's not really good reason just scheduling and all a bunch of stuff, but. 
if I was going to do my death, I would have doubled down on whatever I did on Glenn for the end of this season. Like that's the season. That's the end of this half season. Yeah. Megan bashing his brains in. All right. And like, I hope they don't do something stupid, like make that the end of this season, season 16, because like, God damn, that, that would be, I think a great pace, mm-hmm. like deal with these wolves, deal with this herd, deal with these wolves, have Rick feeling really confident and then have Negan roll in and show him exactly how illusion, uh, how fragile his power base is. And mm. then the second half, I mean, they could, if they want to be really fucking ambitious, they could go to all out war mode or they could spend a half season kind of like us thinking that Rick has really rolled over and he's, yeah. you know, he's thoroughly cowed. And what does Carl think about that? And what are some of the other people think about that? And, mm-hmm. That could be interesting. But yeah, if we don't get around to Negan showing up till the end of the full 16 episodes, like whew, I feel like there's going to be a lot of filler. They like to stretch it, or at least they used to. I don't know about now. We'll see. I hope they don't. I, ho- I hope they don't. All right. Well, that's it. The Fear of the Walking Dead is quite enough zombie filler. Yes, I agree. Uh, I don't have any more emails, so we're done here. Our job right. is done. Watching dead at baldmove.com, forums.baldmove.com, facebook.com yep. slash baldmove, twitter at baldmove. There. Are you happy? <laughs> I'm happy. Are you entertained? I am. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yep. Bye bye.